What's going on, kids? My name is Ray Route. This is the Dear Pats Nation podcast with Ray Route. Thank you for tuning in on this Friday, January the 28th. Get ready for two hours of unfiltered football talking shenanigans. It's Patreon Hangouts. We've invited the boys to come on, have a chat. Talk a little bit of football. I hate when things break right before the show and I get no prep time. But ladies and gentlemen, like this got sent to me and it was, wasn't like a source. Just someone sent this to me literally at quarter to seven. Tom Brady is expected to announce his retirement. I got what I got on this. My prep time was literally 10 minutes. Huge news, though. We're going to get into it. We're also going to talk about Bill Belichick being named the Pro Football Writers Association's 2021 Executive of the Year. We're going to talk about some Aaron Roger rumors now that Nathaniel Hackett is going to be joining the Broncos as the head coach. We're going to talk about how the Bengals have to be absolutely perfect to beat the Chiefs this weekend. Everybody wants that NFL overtime rule change, I think, at this point. And with Josh McDaniels looking like he's going to leave, maybe Bob, Bill O'Brien, will be returning to the Patriots. I'm still getting texts about Tom Brady from people. Man. Tom Brady expected to retire soon. So we're going to get to that story here kind of last because I'm just waiting for things to come in. So we'll go through the other stories really quickly and then we'll uh, I'll break down everything I have about this whole Brady thing. I'm just I got someone doing the research right now. And producer Mike's in the background. Mikey, if you want to uh, maybe do some research and send some stuff in the private chat I could use, that'd be great as well. But I'll, I'll share with you what I got and what comes in. Guys, this episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast is brought to you by our sponsor over at Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check out Ultra Game, one of the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your time and don't waste your money with those knockoff brands. Go get geared up with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. We're also brought to you by Newsbreak. I'm a creator over there. I cover the entire NFL. I'm doing short vlogs. I'm going to have my boy Mario on with me very soon. And there are tons of creators in mainstream media outlets providing content. I'm, it's an absolutely free app. It's not just sports. It's all your local news. The app will use your location and filter out everything relevant to you. You can also search for what you're looking for. And it's a pretty dynamic app at the end of the day. Uh, I left a link in the description. If you download it there, and let's be honest, if you download it with the link that I left, I get a little bit of a kickback. That's the sponsorship. So it's the easiest way to support the show. I make a little bit of money. You get an absolutely free app that gets you all your local news. Use the link I left in the description. Download the Newsbreak app today. And finally, we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work that I'm doing over there. And uh, see what else is going on at Dean Blundell. Over 100 content creators, 100 podcasts. It's it's insane over there. Go check it out. DeanBlundell.com. For those of you watching live, start popping your comments and questions in the chat. We're going to try to get to them when the Patreon boys come on. Um, clearly, 
Uh, I want to know what you want to think. This news coming out that Tom Brady is planning to announce his retirement. I don't think it's a shock, but it kind of just came out of nowhere. And as I said, we're going to kind of, we're going to get to that in about 10, 15 minutes because just waiting to see what else comes through the pipeline as we try to figure this out because we don't have a whole lot on it outside of what Jason Lacanfora uh, has written about it. So we'll get through all the other stories. Then we will talk about the Brady retirement news coming and then we will uh, bring in the guys from Patreon and we'll have a chat uh, about this whole thing. That being said, let's get this show started, shall we? The New England Patriots head coach and de facto general manager, Bill Belichick, well, he was able to turn a 7-9 and team in 2020 to a 10-7 team who made the playoffs in 2021. Uh, because of his efforts, Belichick was rewarded with the Pro Football Writers Association Executive of the Year. It's tough to argue if anybody else deserves that honor. And in my opinion, that Patriots turnaround this year was absolutely amazing. They completely exceeded my expectations, as a lot of people know. I didn't believe the Patriots were going to be a playoff team. I had them winning two last games, and they did. And there's an argument out there that if they could have got a little bit of better quarterback play from Mac Jones at the time this season, maybe a timely stop from the defense, they could have won even more games. A Damian Harris fumble also reduced that. A bunch of things happened this season. It was amazing. Mike DeBate of uh, Patriots Maven wrote, in the aftermath of finishing a 7-9 record in 2020, the New England Patriots entered the 2021 with a clear goal of improvement. Using a familiar formula of smart, complimentary football in all three phases, as well as exemplary coaching, the Pats returned to their winning ways in 2021. For his efforts, New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick was named the Pro Football Writers America's 2021 NFL Executive of the year on Thursday. This was Belichick's first win of the award, which was established by the PFWA in 1993. Former Patriots Vice President of Player Personnel Scott Pioli won both in 2003 and 2007. Now, of course, this news comes two day or one day after the 22nd anniversary of Bill Belichick becoming the head coach of the New England Patriots. Clearly a move that worked out for Robert Kraft. Paul Pioli of Patriots.com wrote, looking back 22 years later, Belichick has rewarded Kraft for his faith and then some. The Patriots have won six Super Bowl titles, while Bill Belichick has racked up records of 284 and 110, a 721 winning percentage in the regular season, and 30 and 12, 714 in the postseason. In those 22 seasons, in addition to his six titles, Belichick has delivered nine AFC championships, 17 AFC East crowns, and 18 playoff appearances. During the run, the Patriots have alternated between dominant in their best moments and highly relevant even in their worst times. The team has missed the postseason just four times under Belichick, and together with Kraft, they have formed one of the league's most successful partnerships. I believe that Bill Belichick is very deserving of the award. I'm looking forward to what the New England Patriots can do next season. Clearly, we don't expect Belichick to spend the type of money that he did this year. However... Another good draft, some smart spending, and the New England Patriots will be right back in the hunt. And guys, we are going to get to that Tom Brady story here in just a minute, just getting through uh, what we already had prepped and just getting a little bit more information. Well, the Denver Broncos became the first team to fill one of their nine head or one of the nine head coaching vacancies around the NFL. And former Green Bay's Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett will lead the Broncos next season. And, of course, that has already 
started the Aaron Rodgers rumors. Uh, Hackett did a really good job as the Packers offensive coordinator. Uh, some would argue that it was some of the best football that Aaron Rodgers had ever played. And Hackett was also scheduled for a second interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars before accepting this job in Denver. And I think that this was a little bit of a blow to Jacksonville, especially having Trevor Lawrence. And I think it was an even bigger blow to Jacksonville now that Brian Dable has signed with the New York Giants, which was good for the Giants and Daniel Jones. And But I think that the Jags have to be smart about this hire. They need to bring in a coach who can help develop Trevor Lawrence, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, last year's first overall pick, because bringing in the wrong coach could be bad. Now, David P. Woods and Jack Brown of the score wrote, quote, Hackett's Green Bay offense produced the NFL's MVP in 2020 and leading candidate for MVP in 2021, Aaron Rodgers. The 42-year-old has helped the unit finish first in scoring and fifth in yards last season before finishing 10th in both categories this season, end quote. Now, Hackett's hiring, as we said at the top, is obviously going to lead to speculation that Aaron Rodgers could end up in Denver if he were to leave Green Bay. We know that the relationship between Rodgers and the Packers has been frothy at times, good at times, bad at times. It's really been one of those emotional roller coasters. ESPN wrote, Hackett's hiring will bring immediate speculation about the Broncos trying to lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver, perhaps along with the Packers star receiver Devontae Adams, who is set to hit free agency in March. Rodgers, who turned 38 last month, is in the midst of what could be his fourth MVP season, is contemplating his future, including retirement, after the Packies er Packers' early exit from the playoffs last weekend when the top seed was upset at home 13-10 to by the San Francisco 49ers. Now, what's going to fuel this even more is the Denver Broncos are in desperate need of a quarterback. They've been going through a bit of a carousel ever since Peyton Manning left the team. So I do believe that the rumors will run wild. Whether or not it really happens, we'll have to see. Now, Arrowhead Stadium will be the site for the AFC Championship game for a fourth consecutive season this year. The Kansas City Chiefs also have the opportunity to put on a dominating performance. The Cincinnati Bengals have been a great story, and Joe Burrow looks poised to be one of the faces of the NFL for a long time. However, Burrow and the Bengals may need to be more maybe need to be more than perfect if they plan on going to the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs have been absolutely outstanding in the AFC Championship game. When you think back to the last 4 years, outside of the first half against the Patriots, Patrick Mahomes and that offense have had things ticking and it's really been blowouts besides again, besides that overtime loss they had to New England where they got shut out in the first half, but they came out exploding in the second half. They absolutely just took care of the Buffalo Bills last year. And it's going to be very tough for them to go up and fade, or it's going to be very tough, I should say, for the Cincinnati Bengals to really get any momentum going against the Chiefs. Now, see Jackson Coward of the score wrote, the Chiefs who have been nearly invincible at home since Patrick Mahomes took over as the team's starting quarterback in 2018. In the last four seasons, Kansas City are 6-2 and two ATS in home playoff games, outpacing opponents by 11.1 points per game with a 7-1 and one record outright. One of those two ATS losses came against the Browns in a game that Mahomes left early, and the other was the epic 2019 AFC title game against New England in Mahomes' AFC Championship debut. This time, second-year passer Joe Burrow is the one to make his first start in that spot, which is bad news for the Bengals. 
Since the NFL changed its postseason format in 2002, quarterbacks making their AFC title debuts are 0-11 SU and 2-9 ATS. Those within the first three NFL seasons have fared even worse, losing all six tries by an average of 15.7 points. Now, if the Cincinnati Bengals want to pull off the upset, if they want to walk into Arrowhead Stadium, if Joe Burrow wants to rip that imaginary torch out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, they're going to have to be absolutely perfect. Hunter Felt of The Guardian wrote, what the Bengals need to do to win? Everything perfectly. It all starts with quarterback Joe Burrow taking care of the ball. Against the Tennessee Titans, Burrow was sacked nine times, tying a playoff record. Much of this was due to the porous offensive line, which will have to step up on Sunday. But some down to Burrow's refusal to simply throw the ball away when under pressure. The Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31 to in the regular season, so they know they have a chance for an upset, but it won't happen if Burrow can't stay on his feet, end quote. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the Bengals can play as perfect as they want, and I still don't think that they have much of a chance to defeat Kansas City on Sunday. This is really shaping up to be a Los Angeles Rams versus Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. However, we saw upsets last week. We saw drama last week. Maybe we can see it again. And guys, we're just a couple of stories away before getting to that Tom Brady news as we're just trying to find as much information as we can, seeing if anybody's disputing it, see if anybody is confirming it. We'll get to that in a minute. But right now, I want to talk about how everybody wants those NFL rules changed. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills had a phenomenal divisional round game last Sunday night. And despite Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes putting on one of the best shows we had ever seen, well, it ended in controversy when the Chiefs won the coin toss in overtime and the Bills never had a chance to touch the football. Now, there are people all around the NFL universe that are screaming that the overtime rules need to be changed. And really, that goes back to 2019. Well, when the Kansas City Chiefs lost in an overtime game to the New England Patriots, people have been screaming it needs to be changed. And I think what was more disappointing on Sunday night was we had just watched a phenomenal game. And to not watch Josh Allen get a chance to go down the field, it sucked if you were a neutral observer just watching the game. Daniel Valente of the score wrote, Josh Allen looked to have placed the Bills in the AFC Championship game with a late touchdown, only for Patrick Mahomes to engineer a game-tying drive with just 13 seconds left to spare. Allen didn't touch the football again as the Chiefs scored a game-ending touchdown on their first drive in overtime. The finish drew discussions from fans, pundits, and players about the league's overtime setup. Brandon Bean joined in Wednesday saying that he'd like to see the rules reviewed in the future. Quote, at the end of the day, we lost the game the other night, but of course we'd, we would have loved to, I think the TV audience would have loved to, and seen Josh and our offense get back at it. Bean said, I would definitely love to see it brought back to the table. Now, Andy Reid was very vocal after the Chiefs lost in 2019, and even he agreed that he thinks the Buffalo Bills should have had a chance to touch the ball in overtime. Here's what Jeff Kerr of CBS wrote. Andy Reid knows exactly what Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills went through on Sunday night, not having the opportunity to get the ball in overtime as an opponent marched down the field in advance of the next round of the playoffs. The Kansas City Chiefs were the victims of sudden death overtime rule in 2019 championship game, a loss which Patrick Mahomes never touched the ball as Tom Brady and the New England Patriots marched down the field and scored on the initial possession of the extra period. 
Reed and the Chiefs once tried to change the overtime rules three years ago, but to no avail. Quote, I'm glad we didn't change them as of last night. I had a chance to talk to Sean McDermott afterwards, and that's, I'm sure, something they're going to look at too. And I wouldn't be opposed to it, Reed said. It's a hard thing. It was great for us last night, but is it great for the game, which was one of the most important things that we should be looking out for to make things equal? It probably needs to be able to hit both offenses and both defenses. Now, I don't disagree with people saying that both teams should touch the ball. I do disagree with the people who are saying, well, the defense needs to make a stop, which is fine. I understand it. However, when the other defense should have to make a stop too, it shouldn't come down to one unit versus one unit, and that's it. I think in 2022, we should be looking at changing up these overtime rules. I think that you can look at the NCAA format. You can even look at the CFL format where both teams get a chance to score. Because I think a lot of us who were watching that game last Sunday between the Chiefs and the Bills wanted to see more and not seeing Josh Allen having an opportunity to try to match Patrick Mahomes' touchdown was disappointing for everybody. And guys, we are one story away, and then we will be getting to that whole Tom Brady thing. I'm not seeing any disputes, and I'm not seeing any other information, so we'll get to what we know. Now, the New England Patriots uh, have had a bit of a carousel at the defensive coordinator position, but that's not true when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. After being fired as the head coach of the Denver Broncos and having a miserable single season in St. Louis, Josh McDaniels has been the consistent rock in New England since 2014. Um, and with it almost certain that he'll be departing this offseason, the Patriots could reunite with an old friend in Bill O'Brien. Now, I think it's just important to say that the Patriots' offense had a lot of success under O'Brien. He was really the one who was able to execute the Rob Gronkowski-Aaron Hernandez tandem. And as we saw this year, Josh McDaniels didn't under, didn't really execute the Hunter henry Johnny Smith tandem. Now, Brian M. Himes of Pat the Pulpit wrote, Internally, there does not seem to be an obvious replacement. Besides McDaniels, the Patriots' current offensive coaches staff features zero coaches with play-calling experience. Wide receiver coach Mike Lombardi would likely be a top candidate if the team did plan to elevate from within, but it might be a best look to go outside the organization at a familiar name in Bill O'Brien. Under O'Brien, the Patriots offense was largely successful, ranking sixth, first, and third in scoring. Now, while the team did feature Tom Brady and an assortment of other weapons, there is reason for optimism for similar success within the current Patriots offense. Now, we all know that Bill O'Brien had a miserable ending as a head coach to the Texans. However, I think it was less about him being a coach and more about him being a general manager. And he also had some early interest from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but that he's obviously fallen out of favor for. And here's what Chase Goodbread wrote about that on NFL.com. It said, Bill O'Brien interviewed for the job earlier this month and was amongst a lengthy list of candidates to uh, a the club sought to interview, including Cowboys coordinators Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, Buccaneers coordinator Brian Lefwich and Todd Bowles, Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, Packers offensive coordinator Nathan Nathaniel Hackett, and former NFL head coaches Doug Peterson and Jim Caldwell. The team also planned to interview interim coach Daryl Bevel. Garofalo, speaking on NFL.com, said that, quote, not getting the vibe from the sources that O'Brien would be with the, the team's choice despite the presumption that he's a favorite candidate amongst Jan Jaguars general manager Trent Balk Balky whatever 
per Garofalo. The Jaguars have completed their first round of interviews and are entering the second phase of the stretch with follow-up interviews. The Jaguars finished 3-14 and and now hold the number one pick of the NFL draft for the second consecutive year. Uh, Bill O'Brien would be, a, I think, a fresh dose of blood to the Patriots offense. There's a lot of people out there who want to see Josh McDaniels move on. Uh, there's a lot of Raider fans who don't because that's where he's favored to go. I think that Bill O'Brien would be a good fit as the offensive coordinator of the Patriots. We're not bringing him back as the general manager. They're not bringing him back as the head coach. They're bringing him back as the OC, and I think he'd be a perfect fit. All right, let's get to this story. At about 6.45 tonight, news started breaking, I think it was CBS HQ, who broke it first, that sources close to Tom Brady are expecting him in the next couple of days to come out and tell his plans to retire. And this isn't surprising, and it is surprising at the same time. This was the first year after a season that Tom Brady didn't commit to playing next season. He's always committed to playing until he was 45 years old. He will be 45 in August. This was the first year that he said he needed to talk to his family and do what was best for them. And now it appears that Brady could be hanging up the cleats just a few days after Ben Roethlisberger announced his retirement. Here's what Jason Lockenfora wrote. He said, quote, Several sources who are within Brady's inner circle anticipate that he will most likely reveal his future plans in the coming days. Brady is historian of the game. He understands what it takes for players and teams to reach this point in the season and would not want to upstage the game itself in any way. Making an announcement the week leading up to the Super Bowl would not be his style and waiting until after the Super Bowl with the scouting combine and then just weeks away might begin to cut into the Buccaneers ability to pivot as an organization and readjust their plans in 2022. If it was now if it was now to not include arguably the greatest football player who ever lived, meaning that doing it after the AFC and NFC championship games would be the perfect time for Tom Brady to announce that he was done. If that was indeed his plan, because that would be the week off. I think it's the pro bowl played in between there, or maybe the pro bowl gets played after. I can't remember. Nobody cares about the pro bowl. But it wouldn't take the shine off the Super Bowl. It wouldn't take the shine off of Big Ben's retirement. It would also give the Buccaneers enough time to assess their future, what they have at the quarterback position, and what they'll need to do. They've got decisions. And Chris Godwin, who that was a story I was going to cover today, that they want to re-sign him. But a lot of my story was Chris Godwin re-signing would maybe lure Tom Brady into returning to football. If this is the case, Tom Brady's going to retire as a seven-time Super Bowl champion. He played for the New England Patriots for most of his year, or most of his career before heading over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to go down as one of the most, you no, know, as the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. He's going to go down as arguably to a lot of people, and in my eyes, the greatest player to ever play this game. And this really is what I can only describe as the end of an era. And that's all the information we have right now. So I'll tell you what, maybe it's time to bring in the boys and we start having this discussion because again, this news, I wish I would have had time to prep gentlemen, because this is the type of story that you want to prep for. But this news literally started dropping at 6:45 tonight, 15 minutes before my, my podcast, which when I used to go at nine o'clock, it would have worked. Um, 
Mikey wrote, it looks like the major thing uh, fueling the speculation is his assistant is reportedly looking for a job as well. Uh, going to the Jags. Mikey's still going around. Uh, and that's it. So, <clears throat> gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Night Hangout. Some Thank weeks you. we uh, are looking for things to talk about. And uh, it looks like we, at least we have it to talk about tonight. It looks like in the next couple of days, probably following championship weekend, after 22 seasons in the league, Tom Brady comes out the, the day it's announced that Bill Belichick is executive of the year. It comes out that Tom Brady yeah. will be announcing his retirement. Um, there's a lot of you here. Let's go to Lawrence first, who's wearing the Deer Pats Nation gear. Since he's uh, got it up. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to just let everybody know that these are all my, these are all the Patreon members over patreon.com slash DPN sports. That's how you can join the Friday night hangout where we will talk about the biggest stories in football. Uh, Lawrence, what, what do you take of this news? Obviously, like I said in the story, not overly surprising because it was the first year that Tom Brady sort of alluded that this could be it, but big Ben retiring. Tommy retiring, Breeze retiring last year. I mean, Rodgers is kind take- of – Philip Rivers retiring, you know, last year. It's uh, kind of like hey, Aaron Rodgers, the last man standing in this uh, this era of football. What's your thoughts on, on this coming up? It looks like Tom Brady will be announcing his retirement in the coming days. That's actually a little bit surpri- – very surprising to me, believe it or not. I, I mean, for most of the season, he was, you know, in the conversation for MVP, right? And he had one bad game, which knocked him out of that conversation, but uh, came back, played very, very well, almost mm-hmm. almost brought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in that divisional game against the Rams. I mean, good, yeah. we all thought he was, you know, cooked and done at halftime, and then he, you know, yeah. brings up that comeback. And I, I thought for sure he was like, you know, he, surely he's coming back for another year because he still looks like he's playing very, very well. But, you know, I mean, uh, that's, that's the thing about it, right? You, you don't know what's going on inside a player's head. So uh, two years ago, we thought he was going to be playing for the next five, six years. And, you know, he was basically stating that himself. I'll play as long as my body will let me. Uh, looked like his body was doing just fine. I don't know about you guys, but I thought his body looked just fine there in that divisional game. Yeah, Tom Brady's exact words were, I'll play till I suck, and I don't think he started sucking yet. So, uh, however, it, we, we it do could know, be different. We, we do know, going back even to his Patriot days, there was a lot of pressure from Giselle and to, yes. to hang it up. And I, I think it was in that Mike, or he, he talked about it on his podcast this year, that after he won his seventh Super Bowl, she came on the field, gave him a hug and a kiss, and grabbed him and said, what more do you have to prove? Right. And I think a lot of that, I think that's where a lot of it came down. Family. Um, But I'm like you, I'm with you, Lawrence. After uh, 5,000 yards this season, uh, what he was able to do at the end of the year and into the playoffs without Chris Godwin, without Antonio Brown, uh, he played a lot of this year without Rob Gronkowski and AB because of injuries. I mean, he was able to sort of navigate the waters uh, a very different, and it's not a knock to Joe because I'll flip to, to him very different than a, a retirement in Ben's year where we were all kind of like, all right, big Ben, it's time to hang him up. Like you're, you're now a detriment to the team. You're not who you used to be. Tom Brady still looked like he could play. So I'll go to Joe now 
Um, I'm not sure how long you've known about this news for, but what are your thoughts on on Brady's upcoming retirement announcement that we're anticipating the next couple of days? Well, I didn't hear the take to be honest with you until I, you know, I'd seen you mention it. Um, I, I mean, I think this could go one of two ways. Uh, he obviously did, as you pointed out eloquently, that uh, this is the <coughs> first year that he really kind of backed off of committing for another season. I think that might be where you could have some insight on this, but you know, it, it, it ultimately may come down to a family issue for him. Um, cause he definitely did not suck this year. Uh, you know, like, you know, he's, he's the guy that even at his age, you're still afraid to bet against, you know? And, um, I mean, look at what he did in that Rams game. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, you know, how do you count a guy like that out? And, I mean, I understand it from when you when you start thinking about your family and that that uh, you know that makes sense. But at the same time, it's one of those situations where I just I feel like you gotta let the guy just kind of make up his own mind. I don't think he's gonna do anything that's gonna hurt the team, like you were you know discussing. Uh, if it is gonna come out, it's probably gonna come out soon. Um, but I kind of feel like. We saw this last year too with Aaron Rodgers, where oh, you know, where they take one statement that the guy makes and people just run with it. To, that's the only thing that concerns me with this take here. Um, man, it would be you know, I mean, really, it would, it would kind of almost be like the end of an era for the National Football League itself if that did happen, because you're talking about you know, Philip Rivers is gone. Eli Manning's gone. Peyton Manning's gone. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's gone. You know, uh, now Tom Brady. Um, Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. You know, yeah, I mean, all those guys. I mean, and it, it's just kind of like, you know, you, you, you and you kind of think, like, why would this happen this year? I, I don't. I don't know. I know the Bucks have got a lot of people to resign. Maybe he's also considering that, too uh we're yeah it's 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 weird and and maybe you know i'm thinking first of all joe you'll appreciate this so my best friend in the world is a steelers fan he's actually the one who initially tweeted to me what are you what are you hearing about tom brady and i was like what are you talking about and then he sent me this article and i was like oh no uh he said yeah he can still go but that team's gonna be whack next year so it kind of makes sense he may want to hang it up and then he went dot 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 he just wants to take ben shine away lol <laughs> oh well you know what to, to, to be fair with that <laughs> that's good which, yeah. which is kind of true but to be fair with that i mean I've, i'm hearing more people like even in like the you know the corporate media uh side of things uh actually come out and actually give i feel what i feel like are more honest takes about big ben's retirement and big ben's career so it's not all yeah. you know a, a bed of roses on your way out here, you know, like, like, okay, this, this probably should have happened a couple of years ago, but, um, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's really interesting to think about. I, I mean, that's a hot take obviously, but 
I'll give him okay. that much. We'll go to producer Mike now, who I think this is his burner account because Mikey and I were discussing it before the show, <laughs> and he told me I'll believe it when I when I hear it from Brady himself. And uh, GT500 right, right. says this is fake news. CNN, the goat will be back for one more season. Uh, Mikey, you said you're not believing anything until you actually hear it come out of Brady's mouth. Uh, what are your thoughts on the news that came out today? What are your thoughts on what Lack and Fora had to say? So both sides of this, right? This is the first time we've heard kind of doubt from Tom Brady. So that is kind of the interesting thing. And I think to Joe's point, that is fueling a lot of this. So I think maybe the breadcrumb of potentially his assistant looking for a job, Byron Leftwich getting a job basically right. or reportedly getting a job. Um, Which could be a lot of yeah, yeah, it could be a lot of this. Um, you know, does Brady want to go through a year of not only breaking in an offensive coordinator, but really surveying the landscape of what potentially what he's got left in Tampa? And I kind of mentioned to you guys the other day that I think it's a big possibility. I think Tampa is going to be the one to really prevent him from retiring Um in the in the sense that I think they'll try to make some big money signings, push the push the can down the road, so to speak, to make it really enticing for him to stay. Signing Chris Godwin would be the the biggest move they have to make because right. if they lose Brady, you got to remember if they lose Brady, they're going to lose Gronk too, right? Yep, like Gronk exactly. says, he's absolutely thinking about it right now. Gronkowski has made it very clear he will only play for one quarterback. Will only play with Tom Brady. And yep. the reason that he's not coming out and saying anything right now when being asked about it, we all know it's because he's waiting to see what Tom Brady's going to do. If exactly. Brady comes back, you can expect Gronk back. If Brady retires, you can expect a Gronk retirement. So it's it's really, really interesting. Uh, Matt, I'll go to you, buddy. Down in sunny Florida. Well, I guess it's dark now, but down in hot Florida, we'll call it. It's not, um, it's, it's not, it's not that hot right now. <laughs> it's it's minus it was minus 20 today with a high of minus 13 in toronto yeah. so it's hot enough in florida trust okay. me i'd be all sweating right. all right all right but um <laughs> so what are you thinking buddy lack and fora what are your I, thoughts yeah, saw, on the whole thing i yeah i saw something like two days ago or a day a day or two ago on twitter and i was like you know i'm, I'm just gonna push this aside because it's probably just you know speculation you know it, 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 just things that are going around with Byron left which you know thing and i was going to push it off and then i saw something like like you did i things things that are going around too and i was like yeah when i came out today on uh, twitter and i was like wow this this could be starting to be serious but i'm like with um i'm with mike too you know until until tom says it it's 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 not gold you know um uh you know it's it's gonna be a thing but one one thing i'm hoping for is that uh if he does retire I'm hoping he does go back to Robert Kraft and give a one day, uh, you know, a one day back to the Patriots uh, uh, thing and uh, retire with with, with, with the Pats. Yeah. And Mike and I had that discussion a couple of days ago that I asked, you know, does Tom Brady have to retire a Patriot? Not have to, but should he retire a Patriot? And I think we were all in in agreement that, you know, it's probably the right thing to do, especially that I think the the bad blood is out of the water in New England now. I think, right. and I said this even as a fan, um, for those of you who watched me all the last year, for people like Lawrence who had to be behind the scenes with me last year, I was very bitter towards Tom Brady for leaving New England. But I said this to Connor when it happened, and I, I mean this. 
the game this year, week four, sort of was the closure I needed. And I think that, and I always tell the story when Tom Brady left the Patriots, it was the same day that my province went into a a state of emergency and went into a full lockdown because of COVID-19. So it was a real head messing day for me, right? It's like, we're going into a state of emergency. We're going into a full lockdown. And Tom Brady retires. And I literally found that out at the same time. I was watching the press conference as it came across on Instagram that he was saying, thank you to Pat's nation. I'm leaving and going somewhere else. Um, And then the season was bitter. Brady wins a Super Bowl. People are ragging on, on Bill Belichick. I'm like, I'm, I hate this guy. You know, I'm all that. However, after the game this year, I finally kind of felt like I had my closure, even though he beat us, you know, even though he beat the Patriots, I had my closure. Uh, you saw Belichick was in the locker room for 20 minutes. Uh, the right. man in the arena, you know, the yes. man in the arena, he could have there. He could have taken a lot of shots at Belichick in a lot of different areas they were talking about, and I found he refrained from that. And uh, I'm over it now. Like I said, that game was like I'm done. I'm, I'm there's no animosity with me anymore. It's like I have my closure. I'm gonna go to loyalist now. A loyal Pate or a loyal Colts fan, sorry, a loyal Colts fan. <laughs> um, and I should have asked Lawrence this too, but I'll ask you because you guys kind of went through this with Peyton Manning. He was now he left the Colts in a different way. However, mm-hmm. you watched him leave. He won a Super Bowl somewhere else. He retired. You guys felt about Peyton the way we feel about Brady as Patriot fans. What are your thoughts on this announcement? And maybe you could give some advice to Patriot fans on, uh, because there will be grown men crying over this. I won't be, but there will be grown men crying over this. Maybe you could give them a little bit of advice on how to deal with this. He will be. Well, I'll be honest with you, Bob. I mean, I understand Patriots fans have grown, you know, but the NFL is going to be missing Tom Brady. I mean, there's a generation of fans that have never seen this beautiful game played without Tom Brady being in in conversation, you know? And for me, like you said, losing Peyton Manning, it was different because there was the whole medical question. And then even when Peyton went to Denver, just the way it was, it was more of the team letting Peyton go than Peyton leaving the team. You know what I mean? So my, some of my anger was more towards the organization, you know, whenever all that happened. But when Peyton went to Denver, I mean, I was on board. I was like, hey, I'm a Colts fan, but I'm going to be a Peyton fan. You know what I mean? And I was able to split that. And I never had to be the, you know, oh, I couldn't have best of both worlds type of thing. Until, you know, one day when he came back into town and Robert Mathis introduced him to the other side of being <laughs> on the uh, turf, you know, for the Colts. And I and I, I cheered just as loud as that. And I kept thinking, that's got to be Robert Mathis' greatest moment, second uh, Peyton Manning. But – as far as to sit there, and I, I don't like to sit there and focus on the negative. I'm going to sit there and look at, okay, Tom Brady's leaving, I understand. and But think about it, he, he lasted longer than all of them. You know, you guys sit there and talk. It was, was he waiting for Roethlisberger to retire just so he could be the last one of that generation? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, was this just sort of the final? Okay, he needed to take on one more trip. from Big Ben. <laughs> that's right, you know. Don't let anybody last longer than him because that's always been his, you know, one of the things I should say. The last half of his career, it was all Tom Brady. He's he's doing stuff at this age that nobody should, nobody can. And to your guys' point, I mean, he was at a very high level of play. So to sit there and say, am I sad to see Tom Brady? No. The Colts loyalist part of me says, nope, good riddance. <laughs> but the football fan part, 
It's, yeah, it, there's going to be that little empty spot. You know, there's going to be that, man, this is just weird watching football. I'm not having to worry about where Tom Brady and, and, and does he fall on your schedule. I mean, there was years, decade, for uh, you know, as a Colts fan, always looking, okay, do we play the Patriots? Is it at home? Is it away? You know, what time of year? You know, all those things have just sort of gone are going to the wayside now. For me, it was easier because him going into the NFC already gave me a little bit of that, you know, closure, as you said, you know, not looking on every game. But then again, you know, seeing him on that schedule this last year, and I was like, we can't lose this one. <laughs> it was one of those must-win games. So, yeah, I, I look at it in, you know, respect for what he did and everything that he's presented and, and the, the way he's elevated. Him and Peyton both elevated the league, not just, you know, uh, not just quarterback play, but, I mean, the entire league, you know, the way that the rules have been changed, the way that now this is such a passing, you know, off, you know, offensive display where it used to be whenever they were coming in the league, it was all about the defense, you know, Offense is sexy now, and a lot of that is Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, as far as I and Philip Rivers. I'll throw those four as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Were the guys who 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 brought this? I think if not for them, this new generation of quarterback doesn't get a shot, right? Because everybody sort of always stayed away from the college quarterback, and Michael Vick sort of brought it. Cam Newton a little bit. Tim Tebow kind of screwed it up for everybody. You know what I mean? But people realized <laughs> how important passing football was. And, yeah, listen, as a Patriots fan, I say it all the time, like Colts-Patriots games, Manning-Brady, there was a different buzz oh, yeah. that day. Like there was just – in my household, there was a different energy running through, especially when they met in the playoffs. It was even more oh, elevated. Yeah. You know, that elevation of Manning-Brady. Um, I compared it to like – Sox Yankees in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like just that intense rivalry. And it's funny because you were talking about that, right? Breeze now and Manning gone and now Bra uh, Roethlisberger gone, the Brady. And I should involve Big Ben in that conversation as well with, with those guys of bringing, you know, because I say if it wasn't for Ben Roethlisberger, there'd never be a Josh Allen because he was sort of the first one to be like, hey, you can get a guy, play quarterback who's going to run over defenders. And you know what I mean? I think it opens up the doors for its possibilities. We're going through now in the NFL with the baseball fans in here, what we went through in baseball just a few years ago, right? We we said goodbye to David Ortiz. We said goodbye to Derek Jeter. We said goodbye mm -hmm. to Mariano Rivera. We said goodbye yep. to Alex Rodriguez. Even if you hate A-Rod, those were just sort of those staple names, you know, that we that were a part of baseball for so many years. And I'll be honest with you, the first year without Jeter was super weird. The first year without uh, Big Poppy, super weird, right? Like just yes. not seeing those guys. We're going through that now. Yep. Rossi, are you on with us, buddy, or are you just hanging out? I know you've been popping in and out, and I know you're working a lot. Hey, boys. How you doing? Hey, so uh, what do you think of this news? Apparently, Tom Brady's retirement uh, announcement will be coming in the next few days, possibly after championship weekend. Uh, just, just general thoughts. <laughs> it's I don't really have questions. Oh. I had no time to prep for this. No, no. Again, here's the thing. It's Tom. Okay, he is not going to, uh, until it comes out of his mouth, I'm not going to believe any speculation or anything whatsoever. Because at the end of the day, the only person that's going to make that decision is Tom and company. Um, and we were talking about, like, again, I don't think anyone has any hard feelings with him, especially moving on at this point. Like you said, the only thing I ever had a hard time with Tom Brady about is how he left. Like, Peyton Manning, when he left... They had like a whole ceremony 
It was like Peyton Manning day. The thing <laughs> that got me is we literally like worshipped him. And he didn't even have like a proper press conference. That's the only wrinkle in in his career in my mind. And that's just me as a fan for, you know, so many years. Yeah, and I you know I might agree with you too. It's I think again, leaving Because during... I'm not gonna welcome him back open arms. I'm gonna be like, You're great, you're the greatest, but I don't have to like you very much. No, but I think a lot of him leaving too again comes down to I think the timing of his leaving as well, like I said, we were all going through this weird moment in in the world at that time, and then all of a sudden Tom Brady drops off, and it's like, come on. Uh, we did invite Hashtag on to, to come lean in as well on, on this because he's a big Tom Brady fan. He's been a big supporter of him for years. <laughs> <laughs> but Especially I, in the playoffs. Again, 100%. I, I agree with you, Ross. We never – got that press conference like we never really got that closure we got an instagram we never, post yeah, no closure from tom, we got yeah. an instagram post from tom brady and a press release from robert Kraft and bill belichick that basically said hey tom brady is you know was a great guy best in the game good luck in your future endeavors right i mean it was a lot nicer than that but and, it was basically what it honest, is i i don't watch and i did not watch a single buck bucks game through and through i'd watch highlights here and there but that's how bitter I was. I was a bitter little man. Oh, yeah, I was super bitter as well. Like I said, I think until week four of this year that I finally kind of got my closure. Brady had to talk about it, right? Brady yeah, had to come yet. out and discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. It's all right. Um, we'll get you to didn't McChicken. Did you watch the divisional game? Pardon me? I, I didn't what? watch the whole game. I just watched highlights. Wow. Oh, wow. You missed a good yeah, game. I, I, oh, you missed a good yeah, game. Yeah, you missed a good game. <laughs> yeah. I, I jumped in and out while we were on the cruise ship. That was about it. So, you Mario, were, you watched the game. Person. You watched the game the Patriots played. Uh, Mario, yes. so I don't I don't know how up to date you are with what we're talking about here, but Jason, it broke about a quarter to seven, 15 minutes before the podcast. You always know that's great, right? Before you go live, when that news breaks that early. All the Lawrence, time. Lawrence loves it as well. Um <laughs> But uh, Jason Lackenfora <laughs> came out about, say, half an hour ago now, 45 minutes ago, and is expecting the inner circle of Tom Brady is expecting that he's going to be announcing his plans for retirements in the upcoming days. He doesn't want to outshine the Super Bowl, but he doesn't want to leave the Bucks with not enough time to do what they have to do. Um, so I guess the, the two weeks, the week between... We're going into dead week now, right? We're going into Pro Bowl week. We're going into dead week. So outshine the Pro Bowl. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl anyway. So now's the time to do it. Uh, just your general thoughts. The guy had 5,000 yards this year. He still looked like he could play football. We know he's getting a lot of family pressure. We know that you absolutely love him. You think he's completely underrated. You don't think that you think people don't give him enough credit. Um, but now that he's retiring or, or we see his retirement, what are your thoughts on the news coming out today? <laughs> And uh, what are just general thoughts? I invited John to give you general thoughts. This whole right side of the screen is the <laughs> biggest Tom Brady supporters on this whole channel. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well, listen, if I could get you underneath there, I would. I would, I would slot you. <laughs> you know, part of me is, uh, and Ray and I had this discussion the other night, I think when we're further removed from his retirement, People will actually appreciate what this guy did for the game, ambassador for the game. You know, the, the whole Patriots in 01, it was a big deal and everything like that. But then the other half of me is like Ari Gold in Entourage with get the 
out, you know, <laughs> as a Bills fan. So it's half and half here going on right now. Uh, you can't deny what this guy did for the game. You can't. You can't ignore. You can't write the history books of the NFL without Tom Brady's name in it. One of the most most accomplished quarterbacks in the NFL. And you know, but if he's going to retire, he's going to retire. I mean, could he play another year? He probably could. But I don't know what the the construct of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is right now with their cap space, with some of the players they may be going to other places. I'm not sure about that right now. I haven't looked at it. We're not in, in that gear yet over at hashtag, but. I'm sure once everything starts to pan out and you start seeing what's going on in Tampa Bay, this could be a domino effect, guys. Arians might be done too because he doesn't want to start over with another quarterback. He's always he's always favored veterans over rookie guys unless they're on the defensive side of the ball. So this may be, you know, Todd Bowles might step into that role now, guys, as the head man down there. So maybe Brady yeah, was looking at the point. forecast of that and saying, I don't really want to be a part of that like like, a, like Drew Brees was. The a little dumpster bit. fire that will be Tampa. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, so it's Todd it's gonna look like what's his name walking off the field. Todd Bowles the can't be the head coach for Tampa. He's coming over to be the Colts DC. Do you know what? If <laughs> if if Tom Brady does retire and Bruce Arians does step away, just think about the last two years with Sean Payton stepping down from the Saints this week, with Roethlisberger retiring, Breeze retiring, Brady Manning a few years ago, like the last few years. I think for a lot of us in our sort of, I would say our prime sex days, you know what I mean? It was when we were watching these guys really, really go. Um, I mean, I want, I was going to say younger days, but I decided to make it a little, we haven't, I haven't sworn yet. I had to make it a little raunchy. Um, <laughs> I wasn't but, looking at uh, anything yeah, to get you monetized. Let's hold off on the raunchy. <laughs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> Both my kids are nine months from an AFC championship game, so I don't know what to tell you, but it's, uh, no. Um, uh, we're at um, that point right now in the NFL that once Brady retires, every single one of us will be like, you know, this ain't even a quarterback. Back in our day. Back, well, we're, <laughs> do you realize for most of us, except for like McChicken, who's like the kid of the group, you know what I mean? For most of us, we're starting to get to the back in our, back in the, our day prime, right? Like right. back, I mean, like <laughs> Mario could be like, years. back in my day, <laughs> you know, Shit. we had Tyrod Taylor as our quarterback. And back in my day, just it's been a long time since they had a good quarterback there. Brady was fine after his game ended against the Rams. He would have been like, yeah, I'll come back for another year. And then yeah. he saw Mahomes and Allen and went, nope. <laughs> yeah, but Josh Allen, Josh Allen is a young man's quarterback. That's not yeah. your. That's not your quarterback. That's that's this new generation of Bills fans' quarterback. Allen is Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> Brady's you're Facebook. Old, you're the old guy hanging on. MySpace, Brady and I are friends on MySpace. Do people not use MySpace anymore? <laughs> Ray, check your page. I, I just told you about that. Did you page me? No. Oh, yeah, Ray's still on AIM, everybody. Please join the AIM group. <laughs> hey, I'm just rocking my bag phone over here. Oh, um, wait till you, Mario, wait till you see. So dude, we got a Discord now, and we're going to be twitching all over that Discord. I'm telling you, I'm getting, I'm coming up. I'm, I'm going to be fire. That's what the kids are saying now. We're going to be fire like the kids. All right. Uh, fire? We have... Where? <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll, people. <laughs> uh, 
can you hang or do That's you have hot. to go, Mario? I got a, I got a couple more. We we can. Uh, we're, we're still talking about Tom, right? So your kids aren't lighting the house on fire. The minions aren't lighting the house on fire. You're okay. Or lack thereof of squib kicks. <laughs> oh God, too soon. <laughs> so hey, hey, you want you beat us, okay? I don't want to hear shit from you. Okay. Do we? So do, you guys celebrating you your Super Bowl in the beginning? No, I do got to ask you because you guys were flexing, running through the East and stuff today, right? And <laughs> uh, on your Twitter, I think maybe it was Paul. I was, I was, I just joked and said, "Tell me the truth. You own an AFC East championship shirt." Don't that was you? a Brian Dable joke. That's that's what got lost in translation. I know, but you still said they run through the East. But if I want to respond to you now, what's better? Do I do I still say wide right? Do I say zero and four? Or or do I say no squib? Or do I say thirteen seconds? Like, what's the one that I can get? We'll get to you the most with. None. I had no control over any of those, so I don't care. You're so fun. Uh, we got shirts. He's no fun. It's like the fun police. You're getting 13 seconds. I can't wait for that. Oh, that's one you sent that to me, right? Yeah, that shirt's already out. We got them out already. No, that's by the way, that's going to be up on the Ray website soon. If you guys want to get it, I'm trying to. And Lawrence stuff is going to be there too. I'm trying to put everybody on this show, trying to boost it. We're going to put it up on the Ray store. I don't get any kickbacks for that guys either. You're going. It's just going to be a. You're going to see the product. The link will bring you directly back to their store so you can purchase it from them. I just want to be able to amplify the boys who come out, who ask nothing from me, and I ask a lot from them to come out every week and, and chat. So I want to help them as much as I can. So you guys will catch that soon um, once I get some time to actually work on the website. Which, so two years from now, it'll be up. Yeah. <laughs> You're learning your JavaScript on the side. I knew it. Yeah. That's yeah, right. HTML, HTML. Yeah, HTML. <laughs> HTML those instances, though, like yeah, every, HTML every three, team yeah. and every fan base has that fear yeah. of yeah, right. the Dan Marino year. Remember? Everyone thought yeah. Marino oh, was going to go yeah. back again, and he never yeah. went back again. After his second right. season, the guy played forever. He never went back again. So I think that's a perpetual fear when your team doesn't make it to the next round or doesn't make it to the bowl or doesn't go or uh, you know is successful. I know I'm – Talk. I'm preaching to people that don't even know what's going on because you got six rings, but uh, <laughs> most of the people in here. But the point is, everyone has Damn that fear. Heavy. Like, what if Allen never gets to that point and Mahomes just denies him year after year? It's terrifying. And then you got Burrow coming up and, all, and Herbert and all these but, young but quarterbacks. Here's, but here's the thing about Josh Allen. He proved that he's at that level. You know, he, he's yeah. proven that he can play in clutch, clutch situations. He's had enough time in the NFL. He's figured it out. I just hope he doesn't take a bad hit because, again, he's going to make some really entertaining football all over the years. <laughs> There's a lot of ugly oh, yeah. guys on this screen. You got to put the cuteness front right, right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Why do you take my cameras off? <laughs> I think what Mario was saying is, I mean, there is that possibility that you know, with the whole you know Brady Manning thing, Manning <laughs> only got with the Colts to see that once, you know, right. because of that Manning situation, and you, you could legitimately. I made a joke about it on, on the stream earlier, you know, what's the fear that, you know, the Bills will lose four years in a row, you know, to the Chiefs, you know, to keep them out of the playoffs. That would suck, you know, uh, because they've already had that four-year-in-a-row failure thing stuck in their heads since then. Yeah. I mean, people like to – if you like to go back on history, I mean, 1988 – I know I'm going back a ways. 1988, they lose in the AFC con Conference Championship. 1989, they lose in the Divisional. Right? You understand this, too. And then they <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she knows. She knows. Yeah. She's like, I know all this, Dad. Tell me something new. I, I will yeah. not put my kids through that kind of torture, believe me. What are, what are her thoughts? What are her thoughts on Tom Brady? 
You like she Tom wants Brady? to be a Patriots fan. You like Tom Brady? Uh-huh. Think he's cute? Yeah. <laughs> <That'd> yeah. <laughs> She's always welcome. That's your so new welcome. thumbnail for your next show, Ray. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's going to that's gonna be the micro content on Twitter, just Mario's right. kid. Yep. <laughs> we need views, bro. We need views. It's better than all you we ugly guys. Uh, McChick, man, we haven't heard from you yet. Uh, you're a guy who grew up only knowing Tom Brady in the NFL. So what are your thoughts on this news that comes out today? And what's it mean to you that Tom Brady could be uh, could be gone? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, man. You know, being I'm, I'm going to be turning 18 in August, and uh, I've only known oh, Tom Brady God. in the NFL. You know, that, that's my guy. I'm over. I'm like Ross. I'm over him leaving. But seeing him leave the NFL in the game, it's going to be pretty hard, you know. A guy you've always looked up to, a guy whose father gave you tickets to go to the Patriots game one time. You know, it's just it's it's just gonna be really different, really awkward to see a, a league without him. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know that McChicken's dad knows Mr. Brady uh, personally. Oh, really? Yeah. So, did you arrest it's... him one time? <laughs> no, your dad does security <laughs> at Gillette, right? Uh, my my dad my dad's a police officer and he does uh details at Gillette and yeah. Mr. Brady was walking by one time and he was just like, Hey, I got these two tickets, you want them? He's like, oh, Okay. He just took them. Wow. So he didn't have to bring them to the drunk wow. tank. Gotcha. What well, I was gonna say what that means is it was a bribe. <laughs> you're you're just out of your dad <laughs> alive <laughs> over Patriot tickets only gave a bribe. <laughs> Ticket Bro, game. All right, let's go back Ticket to the star game. of the show here. <laughs> Hello. What's your Do name? You say hi. Graciela. <laughs> Graciela. Can you say go Patriots? Go Patriots. Oh, how oh, dare you? I'm scarred. Sweethearts. What a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, she's got headphones in, so best language, please. Okay. I get, I get, I try to get her to say "Go Bill." She throws the headphone wide right. It's crazy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How old are you? You don't know McChicken. Three, three years old. Three years, three years old. old. Three. three years old. All right. Who do you like better, Tom Brady or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there, there you go. go. There you go. Oh, no, there you go. Good girl. Okay. The there you go, good girl. Right. Don't break daddy's heart. Do you, think Josh, do you think? Do you think Josh Allen's cute? Yeah, you can talk. Go ahead. You can talk. Do you think Josh Allen is handsome? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you gonna marry him one day? Would you say Ray has a face for radio? What? Oh, <laughs> so sweet. You're going to make Mario break out the baseball bat next time he sees Josh Allen, dude. Well, no. Mar- Mario's just, he's, he's saying things now because he knows I have to keep my language under best behavior. Hey, she's, she's already got one six foot five, 240 pound idiot. <laughs> she, she, I, she lives in Buffalo, so I mean, she's got to have heard worse than what I could say. Oh, like, you know, that's the funniest thing, though, Ray. It's, it, it, I don't go <laughs> ballistic during the game. No, you I'm don't, but she analytical. lives in Buffalo. I've seen the city of Buffalo. I've, oh, yeah. I've she's seen... she's yeah. put her brothers through tables before. It's crazy. I, I, bet, I bet. I Well, I've oh, heard I the bet. Tramp- I bet. I, bet. I was on the phone with you out. during the trampoline wars of, of uh, 2021, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that was, it was true. There is, there is no better... 
conversation and you're talking to Mario and you just hear, hold on a second. I saw you push your brother. I saw <laughs> you do it. Don't act innocent. <laughs> are your brothers bad? Or are they good? Tino and Salo good or bad? Good. They're good. Okay. Could you have picked more Italian names for your kids? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like you got a book called The Old Country. <laughs> They have to end in a vowel. They have to be... <laughs> oh no, I mean, the Italian dollars. Well, that's my daughter's name is yeah, Mia, right? So mm-hmm. it's so when people say, "Why did you pick Mia?" Because I said, "Cause she's mine." You know what yeah. I mean? So it's <laughs> nice. It's just cool with the Erica, but we still look at the Erica. You sound like Brian Dable calling offensive play to Allen in the headset. <laughs> <laughs> it's written in crayon. Do you, do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> oh, don't even go there. Do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> also, the earbud gets removed. Do you have a boyfriend? Could you go tell your brothers that I need them? Uh, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> That's right. Always question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost Ross. Um, I just like that she yelled brothers. That was that was the best part of that whole mm-hmm. that whole piece. He's probably trying to figure out what he's doing with his uh flaming hot cool ranch Doritos. Oh uh, now see guys, that was sort of the, the cleanse we needed because it's uh-huh. Mikey accused me of bullying him last night and we just I mean you know, I tried it's... to show the dog on screen before and nobody said anything. I saw the dog, it's a nice <laughs> I know, dog. I know, I'm just teasing right. <laughs> You put your dog on screen? Yes, he yeah. did earlier. Yeah. Was it, were you know, is that what I was in interview mode? I was having to really pay attention to what I was saying. I had nothing. Per, I had nothing no, you, no you were looking down at your phone. I tried yeah. to oh, okay. Look. Okay. I think, oh, because I was texting with Mario because I was like, hey, we need to cleanse. Bring your daughter on the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's the appropriate. Thought, it's the appropriate. If, if you're going to bring your daughter on anything, this is the most appropriate podcast to bring her on. Abs- because absolutely. We are. You don't a, say a PG, anything controversial. We are. The language is all friendly. clean. Yeah, we talk about animals, you know, like it's a really. Yeah, we were talking about horses last couple weeks. Here. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah. There we go. Now we got a cat Queen on the Fun. screen. Look at this. We got. And how can I just get those two? Can I do that? I don't think I can on this. So we'll go here. Oh, I clicked the wrong one. Sorry. You are a cutie, though. Where did he go? Lawrence, where are you on my? You're not on my screen. We, we lost ten viewers as soon as you took her off the screen. There so. he is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think people have realized we've stopped talking about Tom Brady, and we're literally showing kids and cats. Do you like the? Do you like the kitty cat? Oh, oh it's gone. Oh, I got her. She <laughs> <laughs> jumped. Yeah. He's like, get me out of here. Good meow. <laughs> meow. So she don't. She got that. I am really ticked off. Look on her face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She has the. I'm gonna bite you. Look. Uh, you know what, Mario? Yes, sir. If I was ever gonna get a show derailed, this is the best way to derail. It, it really is. My kids are 15 and 10. They want nothing to do with me, and they they. I'm like, hey, do you tell people that like I'm on Newsbreak and hey, YouTube? They're like, are you kidding me? No. We don't have a cat. <laughs> no, we don't. You don't have a cat? I got five. You want one? <laughs> don't do that to me. She would take all five. You kidding me? <laughs> yeah. 
So wow. how do you beat a man under two deep? Do you throw the hitch routes or do you, you run a seam route with a hitch behind hey. it? No? Okay. I don't either. Thanks. I want to wear it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I wear it. All right. Back to best language, boys. Uh, who's Staples the best? Who's... I think Brady hates Bruce Arians. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Uh, how you... That's a that's a good time. I mean, what do you what does your guys take on if Arians it? leaves? Is that does, hey, does he leave if Brady's gone? I, I well, I yeah. Why? I think like if you lose Brady, you're gonna lose Gronk. We know that. Like that's they're a package deal. You're gonna lose mm -hmm. both of them. You no longer have a B, and Godwin's gonna cost a ton of money. You can't really. I think it's gonna cost fifteen million to franchise him. Now you're going to save a ton of money if Brady leaves. Um, and then who do they go after a quarterback for? Exactly. Well, then, then who's again? Jameis Winston's a free agent. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's run that one back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's run it back. <laughs> That's good. That's um, good. That's good. <laughs> I don't think like a team like Green Bay would 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 trade Rodgers in the NFC. They're going to want to get him out of the division. Deshaun, Gardner, Watson, Deshaun Watson's too much money. Gardner. All right, Minshew. Lawrence. We, we we had a very polite and 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 very thoughtful conversation about Gardner Minshew. Okay. Yes. Not allowed to talk about Gardner Minshew. We're not allowed to talk about him. We're not allowed to talk about Gardner Minshew. Because he's going to Pittsburgh. That's that's his plan. That's why we're not allowed to talk about He wants he wants the GM. Off of like, if he could wipe him off of all social media and the internet completely, so that only the Steelers knew that he even existed, he would do that. Well, <laughs> I think like he would he would give up all of his money and you know the house that he's living in and just be like, all right, he don't exist to anyone except Steelers Nation. Patriot fans may remember, I was huge. I mean, before Mac Jones, this was back before they even signed Cam Newton. I was right. big on the trade for Gardner Minshew. I, 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 I think he's too. a a very capable quarterback. He's not going to be a superstar by any means, but I don't think a team like Pittsburgh needs a superstar. Like the Patriots don't need a superstar. You need a guy who can play the game. And oh my God, dude! If if he went to to Pittsburgh, let's put it in the air. Let's put it in the atmosphere. We'll put the positive vibes out there. If Gardner Minshew went to Pittsburgh, I mean he'd be he'd be the mayor in in two weeks. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I he'd be beloved. I don't Mitchie know if you guys Mania. saw. Did you guys see the thing on Twitter today with him with the ninja sword? No, shirtless in the park with a ninja sword. Yeah, like he's just. I didn't. See it's amazing. Oh, it is. I, he's just such an amazing I guy. I feel I like if it was anyone else, this would be followed up by "That's not what we do in Pittsburgh" by a certain someone. <laughs> hey, hey, I was I was drumming. If we didn't get Mac Jones in the draft, I would have said, "Go for Gardner. We'll at least sell a crap ton of jerseys." Oh, right. you would have sold the Gardner Minshew would have been the most. It would have started. Well, if you remember though, when Cam first came. He was one of the most popular players here until the third game of the season, and then it and then it all it all changed after that. Um, Ross, if you just was worried about selling jerseys, you should just went and got a certain ex quarterback that wanted to be a tight end. Oh God! Did you, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Did you know at the end of the day, at the end of the season, Tim Tebow's Jacksonville Jaguar jersey was the thirteenth highest selling NFL jersey this season. No 13. He was cut. So many he was cut during the preseason. Yeah. And he was the 13th wow. highest. 
He was number one all the way up and through through week seven. Number one in the NFL all the way through week seven. Oh. Well, Mac Jones was at one time number one in during Mac Jones. I think Mac one. Jones finished number one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you got to remember, and Brady came third again. You got to remember, I, I know, like like Brady, Mahomes, those kind of guys. I think Allen was a top five as well this year in jersey sales. Um, but guys like Brady, Mahomes, Allen, their jersey's been out for a few years. You know what I mean? So the the sales will sell down. Mac Jones, brand new quarterback for the Patriots. A lot of people yeah. rejoin the bandwagon, and they're like, "Got to go get my Mac Jones jersey. Got to go get my." I went and got my Matt Judon jersey. That was my. I didn't right, go ten. I went nine. That go. was that was my yeah, purchase. I, w- I went ten. I went ten. Yeah, <laughs> I went. Cool. I went number nine just because I just love Matt. I loved him when he was in, in Baltimore, and I love him in, in New England. If there was I a like Colts that you jersey, the defense, that, is she gone? Oh, she, she went to go get juice. We lost Fuck. all the. We lost. She's all so cute, viewers. but I was really, really, really. She's got her juice. <laughs> Holding the F's back. I mean, to be fair, if I was to buy a jersey that was not Colts, if I was forced to buy a jersey that wasn't an Indianapolis Colts, it'd be a number 17 jersey. So, Wow. What? Yeah. Number wow. 17. Whew. How about that? The Antonio Brown Patriots jersey? <laughs> sure, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> Mario knows who I'm talking about. I, I've all, I've been a fan of his for a few years now. You know what's funny too? I don't, I don't need to shift shift gears a little bit, but uh, Rogers possibly going to Denver. It's been whispered around the water cooler. I talked about First it before all, you why, came on. Why would he do that? I don't know what you guys yeah. talked about before, but why would he yeah. do that? Because his OC is going there. Yeah, I agree. It's because his OC is a new head coach. That's why the rumor is there. But why voluntarily go into a division with Mahomes and yeah, Herbert? Herbert? I agree. I agree. Because they're, I think they're, they're they're car. Like, let's I mean, be honest. come on. Yeah. He's not, you know, yeah. like, he's not either one of them guys. But, I mean, still, no. come on. That still, division is crazy. Still man enough to be able to put a whole team on his back after the kind of crap his team went through this year and get him to the playoffs. That's yeah. Pretty darn the impressive. Raiders cannot yeah. move off of Derek Carr. He, mm-hmm. he showed his gumption this year. And – from what I've heard, too, the fan base is really behind their interim coach, Basquiatska, or whatever his name is. Right, he's already I uh, like moving. Yeah, and, and he's already moving, and yep. uh, the fan base is pissed. If they moved off of yeah. Derek Carr as well for somebody else, I think that would be that. I mean, especially if they sign McDaniel's, they're going to be like the Raider <laughs> fans are already flipping about McDaniel's possibly being their head coach, and. At first, I was like, how do they know so much about Josh McDaniels? Then I remembered he was the Denver coach. So it's not like they're not, you know, because there's sometimes coaches pop up and they're like, oh, he's the OC of Philly. And I'm like, I don't pay attention to Philly enough to know who the OC is. You know what I mean? But you know the coaches of your division and they would have saw that debacle in Denver. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't think it's a thing. I, I think I said it in my report tonight at the beginning. I said it's just going to get the rumor mill going. Denver's in desperate need of a quarterback. They brought on the head coach. Um, and you know who's getting screwed in the long run is Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I know they're trying to take their time with finding their coach. I know that they don't want another Urban Meyer situation, but you lost Brian Dunks Dayball today. You lost Dayball to the Giants, which Giants. good on Daniel Jones because I think that's the coach he needs. 
uh, over there because Mara came out the other day and said we figured out every way in the world to screw this kid, and I 100% agree with that. I I'm a I don't know about you guys. I'm a Daniel Jones believer. I really am. I haven't since the beginning. I thought he's just been given one shit situation after another. I think Dave Ball being the head coach there is going to be big. Um, so they, they lost out on him. He was due for a second interview. They had Hackett going in for a second interview. He's accepted with Denver. I'm like, you got to get off these second interviews and make a decision because you're going to lose. And you need an offensive guy. You can't bring a defensive guy in there. You need to bring in an offensive guy who can help develop Trevor Lawrence. And they're losing out on a lot of those guys. May I? May I? Please. Briefly, you know, okay. So on that note, I mean, I know Lawrence's take on this is that Jones, you know, not not he put it more politely than I will right now, but you, you do see Jones uh, fold like a cheap lawn chair yep. uh, at times. But he hasn't had the time in the NFL to build any kind of confidence either. That offensive um, line's been garbage. Y- yeah, what offensive it, line? Yeah, exa- exa- <laughs> that, exactly. Okay, so, exactly. You know, I mean, offensive line's been garbage. You know it, it, that. So that's that's the thing too. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen really good stuff from 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 Danny Dimes. I have. Um, the other part of this, I kind of wanted to circle back to very briefly, is uh, with this whole thing in Jacksonville. What's going on with this Byron Leftwich situation? He could be the guy, I guess. I would hire him if I, because I heard that there's it, other teams. I mean, there was a whole thing where he was all oh, people were all oh, he's going to be your next head coach, and then. Now we're here. They're not making a move on him. Well, here's, I, don't, I, don't I think I, mean, I think they are. I think they are so worried about they can't. The thing is, like you, you, you always. It's always nerve wracking bringing in a head coach. I think Jacksonville knows they cannot screw this up because you have the possibility of ruining Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? You have the uh, the possibility of the guy who they're comparing to John Elway you know, the hype around him of coming in as the first overall. And I think they're trying to be quiet about it or trying to be careful about it. However, I don't – so Dayball's out now, which means I think Kellen Moore's going to Miami. I mean, I don't know because they were supposed to – the finalist for Miami were Kellen Moore, Josh McDaniels, which I don't know why no, Miami would yeah. want to go to another Bill Belichick coaching tree after what they just went through. I still Brian don't know Flores. why they got rid of Flores. It still doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that, 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 that blows my mind. But they, they did. Just, so I don't they know just ruined themselves. Why they'd want to go back. So it was Dayball, Kellen Moore, and McDaniels. McDaniels looks like he's going to the Raiders. Dayball signed with the Giants. So they're not going to wait. Now they're going to snag up Kellen Moore. Because, yeah, Kellen I mean, got his Kellen Moore, in today. my mind, is one of the Kellen Moore, to me, is one of the, the brightest offensive minds in football. So Jacksonville trying to take their time and i get it because you brought in urban myers which i think all of us could have sat here a year ago and said why are you bringing in urban myers to coach in the nfl you know what i mean like with a brand new young like i get it like okay we're, we got a college quarterback but like you don't bring in a rookie coach with a rookie quarterback you know what i mean like you bring in a veteran coach to, to coach a rookie quarterback go ahead can i throw a scenario in real quick please so there's rumors rolling around that todd bowles could be a head coach somewhere here pretty soon as well Right, he's defensive and, though. Yeah, I know, but we'll, we'll just listen, okay? So you're, you're talking about pull the trigger on Byron Leftwich. If if Brady retires, and then what? What we've been talking about, Arians retires after that. Yeah, Leftwich could be offered the job there in Tampa. Yeah, 
Yeah. And yeah, that's why Tampa's ball. waiting. Okay. But then the two names you guys haven't mentioned, I mean, everyone's talking about Brian Deal. We're going to the Giants. And, and I know, Ray, this is another defensive guy. But Leslie Frazier and Eric Bieniemy are two guys I've been banging the table for three years. Those guys should go somewhere. Bieniemy, for whatever reason, I don't know whose wife he slept with, but he's just, <laughs> he's just not getting a shot in the NFL, and I don't yeah. understand why. Yeah. You know, it, everyone likes to talk about the Belichick tree, but the Reed tree is another one that people yeah they got to they got to talk about. Nagy may have ruined Bieniemy's chances because Nagy was the yeah. guy. That was well, hey, but Doug Peterson yeah, was, was a Reed guy. guy. Doug yeah, Peterson, exactly. and he won he a was, Super Bowl. And we saw how long that lasted. But he won a Super Bowl. Nagy. Yeah. I, I, what? I what's? That. What? What is the? Like what is? Well, he, the, he, what, what's he doing now though? I mean, what's he doing now? Was he coaching high school football? Now? He interviewed I mean, like, with the Jags. I know. I get that. But at the end of you the know day, what I'm saying, Bob, the goal is is to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, the thing is, I get it. Look, the Shanahan coaching tree in washington has screwed up a lot of other coaching trees right yeah. because just <laughs> with 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 baby shanahan and mcveigh and uh who else was on that there's one other guy or oh, was uh kingsbury was on that uh was on that staff i mean that one is um you got sean payton who was who's oc where was he he was in dallas right he was uh he was a he was a parcells no, yeah, guy he was a jones he's a jones guy yep and well and yeah Mario believes he's going to Dallas. Was it you, Mario, who said it? Or was it Lawrence who said it? He's going to Dallas uh, next yeah, year. Yeah, it might have been. Might have been both of us. Actually, I thought he was going to take a year off and go to Dallas. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what you guys said. Next year he's going to go to Dallas. He's going to take this year off. They're going to move on, huh. especially if they lose Kellen Moore, because I think that Kellen Moore was Jones's guy. But if he goes on, yeah, I wouldn't be sitting after I. I can't remember which one of you guys brought it up, but when you brought it up, I was like, yes, that makes so much sense. Now go to Dallas and, and be the Dallas coach. So uh, I'm thinking Todd Bowles in uh, in in um, New Orleans. That's been my sort of pick. I wanted first of all, I've wanted Bowles to get another shot in the NFL. I know that people look at his Jets time, and he had one year, no, half a season with the Bills. Mario, who's that? Bowles? Yeah, he was with the Bills. Was he? No, 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 no. wasn't he under Rex Ryan? Bowles was not. No, they they no? come from they they have. Completely polar opposite defensive philosophy. Okay, but Ted, um, Todd Bowles was the was the Jets coach for a couple of years, right? Early yeah. in the Donald yeah. day, and then they replaced him with um, Dum Dum from Miami. There, yeah, no one's talking um, about Gase. Dumb Gase. Dumb. <laughs> no one's talking about Gase. But Todd Bowles, in my opinion, Todd Bowles, in my opinion, didn't have the team in the Jets, but he had what he did was Bowles took over. For Rex Ryan, which there was a lot of chaos in New York when Rex Ryan left. And Bowles was able to kind of bring things down to a level. And I wanted him to get a chance with a team behind him. And I think that defense in in New Orleans, if they keep it together, he's got a chance. And then bring in some strong offensive coaches. Where I think the biggest mistake that got made was in Chicago. Not because I think Eberflus is a bad coach. Don't right, get me wrong. Right. He is Good not team. a bad coach. But you needed an offensive coach in there with Justin Fields more. Like yep, now yep. the pressure is on. You better build one of the strongest offensive staffs in the game better if you're if you're Eber, Yep. What's your thoughts, Lawrence Loyalist? Yeah, I think honestly, I think that's how Eberflus was going to operate no matter what. Because, you know, like to your point, 
these defensive coordinators understand that, you know, <laughs> the league is not, you know, trending the way they want it to and stuff. And Eberflus, Coach Reich, you know, they've always had this, uh, like this organized, organizational group, you know, processing of things and stuff, whether it was offensively or defensively. And I do think that Flus has probably got enough connections to be able, like you say, to get a real strong OC, a good offensive-minded OC where he can keep focus on the defensive side of things and the head coaching, you know, obligations and stuff. But honestly, I think Iberflus is a good hire because he, he, he listens really well. He takes in a lot of information. He's not ego-driven. I mean, look at this year, you know. <laughs> Even though he resisted to changing the defense and stuff, week eight, week nine, you start seeing a massive change in the way the Colts are running their defense and stuff. And I think Eberflus, if he can go in with that open-minded mentality and then, you know, like I said, do the coach right, you know, let's sit here and have a group discussion and then I'll be the one that makes the final decision. But he surrounds himself with a lot of uh, excellent-minded people. I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. What was your – restate that question again. I, I said to me, like Matt Matt Eberflus, right, is not a bad coach, but he's a defensive minded guy. You've got, I think, they're in the same position as Jacksonville. You've got Justin Fields, who I've been on record already said I watched that guy at Ohio State that I don't think is going to translate into the NFL. However, you got to take a shot. You trade it up to get him. Um, you're losing Allen Robinson. You ain't getting him back. You're losing some of those offensive weapons. I thought they needed an offensive head coach to help develop him. I think the pressure is now on Eberflus to build a strong offensive team, not just offensive coordinator, but quarterback coach and all that in between to help work with Justin Fields. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you also look at McNaggy. He was the offensive, supposed to be the offensive. That didn't work out worth a darn, right? I mean, Yeah, but that had nothing to do with Justin Fields. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general on offense, they have a good setup in defense there. So grabbing Matt Eberflus is a, is a great, great grab, in my opinion, because he has reach, okay? You got to remember, before he came to the Colts, he, he was with the Cowboys. There are some offensive minds over in the Cowboys. Before the Cowboys, he was with Cleveland. There's some offensive minds that he worked with over in Cleveland. And then, of course, there's offensive minds that he's worked with here in Indy as well during his his stint here. He's got reach. He, he knows he knows people. Um, and a lot of these people are guys that can bring up talent, right? So I, I think Ibraflus – I, I'm sure he got the job, and I talked about this on my podcast. I I honestly believe he got the job because when he sat down and interviewed, he already had a guy set up for OC saying, uh, because you wouldn't hire someone as your head coach, as a defensive coordinator, when you're wanting your offense already built up or to be built up without that, that defensive-minded guy already having an offensive mind in place. So I'm, I'm I'm just expecting it within the week to for that to actually be hashed out and and be announced. Right. I I um we we talked about it on our channel too, Lawrence. We were talking about I thought that Frazier would have been a perfect fit, although a defensive guy, uh, going to the Bears. You know, he was a member of the '85 team. He would have brought that mid, monsters of the midway mentality again. And the, the biggest thing that I think is people look at too is you got to take care of your own division first. That's the number mm -hmm. one thing you got to do. So if you look in that division currently, Rodgers is up is in question. You don't know what's going on in Green Bay. Minnesota right. can never win a game that's any anywhere close. 
And then uh, do I really need to explain Detroit? So you look at all of those things combined, you're like, listen, if they happen to reload and they start to get all these offensive minds in the division, well, we, we you need a defensive guy to try to counteract that. You're not going to really, with Rodgers, you're not going to try to outscore them. So, okay, how can we limit them and then have mm-hmm. our offense? Do it? I, I love your point about bringing in the offensive minds because the, the, the head coach is more of a, you know, you got to think of it at this point, they're a press secretary. You know, they have to take care of the media. They have to take care, they have to oversee everything. You have to put the right guys in place. And if he's been at mm-hmm. that many stops, he has come in contact with enough guys that he could say, listen, I'm starting something fresh in Chicago. Rogers is going to be out of the division. You got Goff and you got, um, you know, Cousins, Cousins there. Yeah. I could take care of that defense of what's built in there already. I need some offensive minds to put up, mm-hmm. you know, 21 to 25, 24 points because I'll keep the game that close. And then if we can do that, we can make some noise here in the north. Other than that, so I mean, I think, I, I disagree with you on one on one big point you made. What's that? The team. I've had Leslie Fraser pointed directly at Minnesota since because Again? that was what's that? Again? That was their problem last year. You know what I mean? The, that, okay, okay. the defense. That was their issue. Their offense was fantastic. Kirk Cousins is not a problem. I'm not going to get into it. I talk about this at least twice a week. Kirk okay. Cousins is not a problem. That offense is not a problem. That defense was right. the problem. Yeah. problem. Now, talking about Chicago, you know who's a name they should probably go after? Because I don't think he was actually officially elevated to offensive coordinator. And he may be gone now. I'm not sure. But as an OC, Freddie Kitchens. You know, that's funny. I was yeah. just speaking. He, he is actually, yep. he's actually, if I read, hold on. Um, offensive senior assistant, I believe, yeah. is his exact title over there in the Giants. So that wouldn't be a this wouldn't be a lateral move to be an offensive coordinator, right? Because I, I hate to say it though, but with how bad the Giants' offense was last last season, that, but it got better with him there. That that was all Garrett's did, fault. Baker Mayfield played his best football under Freddie Kitchens as yeah. his offense as his quarterback coach, and mm-hmm. and then as his head coach. I don't think Freddie Coach is a good or Freddie Kitchens is a good head coach. I don't think he has the maturity. And that goes back to that Pittsburgh game, you know, with the with um Miles Garrett whacking uh Mason Rudolph with the helmet, and then you know, he comes out with the shirt, they started it and all that kind of stuff. Like, no, kid like Freddie, you know what I mean? Like, no. But I think as a coordinator under somebody else. I think he's a fantastic yes. guy, and I would love to see him work with a Justin Fields. You know, what I mean, and try to work yes. him that way. I mean, it'd be good it, if you can keep him in the, with the Giants as a quarterback coach with Daniel Jones. I think it'll be helpful as well if you build that team. And actually, the combination of Brian Dayball and Freddie Kitchens could be a really, really good lethal combination. Which I think would boost Kitchens to levels that people think he could be a head coach again. I don't think he ever will be able to. I just think that's a tough sell for him to Chicago. They're on shaky ground. You take a guy like that. that And the Giants question. aren't? No, no, no. But he's in a different position in New York, right? He's an assistant. He's an assistant to an assistant, basically, right? He's a Well, they don't have an OC, coach. though. I, he'll be, I bet you he'll be upgraded. Though. I bet you Dave will make him the OC. He took over the play calling duties after Garrett was fired last year. I bet you Dave will 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 promote him we'll, to OC. We'll see. Well, I, think, and, and, I think they're going to wait on that because 
Buffalo Bills uh, still have to make a decision on their offensive coordinator, and a lot of people are, are earmarking Ken Dorsey, who was the quarterbacks coach for Allen. And Allen even promote he, okay. he gave a yeah Allen gave a boost been, yeah. But the thing is, if they hire outside, if they hire he's outside, to, he's going again, to the Giants. He'll go to the he'll go to the Giants or somewhere else because I don't yeah. think he because he the thing the thing about Dorsey is that he applied for the offensive coordinator position when they hired Rick Dennison, when they still had Tyrod back in the day, and then when they got rid of Dennison, I think he went to. Um, Dorsey went down to Carolina. Then when Dennison got fired, they actually yep. paid uh, Alabama 250K to buy him out of his deal to make him the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. And then they brought on Dorsey the year after Dable was there as a rookie mm-hmm. or his first year. So it was like, you know, Dable did, Dable initially didn't want Dorsey or he wasn't the guy that like hired Dorsey. I think that was more of a McDermott move. So I, I'm still questioning the fact that if they hire another OC, I just I just think that Dorsey will be like, I I, I can't go anywhere else where anywhere else here. I'm gonna go somewhere else. He could go with Dable. I'm not sure, but I, I think he'd be heading somewhere to be an offensive coordinator someplace. I got. I, got I, would, I would. I'd also sit there and say Eberflus. Okay, first off, he's been real selective about when he takes these head coaching jobs. He's turned down interviews. He's gone to mm-hmm. interviews and turned down jobs. I mean, this guy has waited for a chance where he's. You know, the Chicago chance, all right. Is he going to really want to roll the dice with the kitchens or somebody that, like you said, may or may not be able to, you know, turn things around? Or is this, with it being his first time being a head coach, isn't he going to want to find somebody that is more proven right. and more something That's that, what I was you know, getting ready to say. Do you, do you think that he sent Josh McDaniels a basket of fruit after he got his job saying, thank you for giving me my, my DC job in Indianapolis and right. letting me play right. under Frank Reich for all those years? <clears throat> <laughs> well, uh, there, it came out like last year that Frank Reich was going to hire Matt Eberflus anyhow beforehand. It, it, that was his choice. Yeah, but it, but it was Josh's choice. It was Josh's hire. So he owes Josh a free basket. It is kind of funny, too, that he got the head coaching job before Josh McDaniels did. See, it's, it, it's something I wanted to bring up. What if Matt Eberflus, because there's a guy who probably tick you off Ray a little bit because I think you brought him up a few times about possibly as a Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels replacement, Bob. Yeah. Bill, Bill O'Brien. I think it's criminal that he's not an OC somewhere in the NFL. I know how things finish in Houston. I agree with you. I know how things finish in Houston, but I think as an OC, it's criminal that he doesn't have a job. It's the criminal that is, is that he is an OC. Alabama right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. How much easier do you need it? <laughs> yeah, but you could base on what he did with the Texans, you know, as a head coach before he got oh, the GM. Yeah. You know what though? He wasn't even that the Patriots. If they wouldn't have given him the GM, the GM. title, exactly. that's where it all the fell apart title. for Bill O'Brien. That's because as soon as that exactly. happened, then he trades DeAndre Hopkins for a for a, for a, a bag of balls and a couple pylons, you know. And then <laughs> he's an offensive guy. Yeah. Why would you do that? You know, make any he, sense? Yeah. Then he has it out with JJ Watt. Like you pissed off your quarterback. You got rid of the best, one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL. <laughs> and then NFL. you and and then you you get into a, a screaming match with with JJ Watt in the middle of the field. Wow. And it's, it's I can just, say that that Bill O'Brien got teapot. the best out he's of his quarterback. Before he was fired, he got the best out of his quarterback because that year, Deshaun Watson had the best year of his career. No, no, Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence, Josh McDaniels is the best offensive coordinator ever. He needs to stay. Bill <laughs> O'Brien did nothing. Nobody oh. ever said that. 
Nobody, uh, nobody I, ever said that, Mike. <laughs> no, but no. If you lose Josh McDaniels and don't get Bill O'Brien, and then I'll agree with and you. And then Steve Belichick is the offense, or who's the other Belichick who can become the offensive play caller? His daughter. No, no, he's Brian got another Belichick. son who's a scout. He has two sons. He has two sons. Brian. It's Brian. His granddaughter. Steve. She's three. She could coach. Than, than <laughs> you know who's a guy? Don't worry about it. It was a guy that's like for me is my Bill O'Brien. Why I I don't know why he never got another shot. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of names out there too. Uh, it was Todd Haley. I always thought he was a phenomenal play caller in Pittsburgh, and you know he kind of flamed out and then he never went back. Don't ask. Don't, don't, talk to, don't talk to Ben no, Roethlisberger. Don't talk to Ben about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to Ben Roethlisberger homers about that. Okay. <laughs> Todd Haley was trash. Nobody wanted to play for him. Don't, don't, I mean, some guys are just better coordinators Tom, than they are head guys. Well, maybe I mean, you are now. Absolutely. Ben, Big Ben's retired, but I mean, no, seriously. I, I, I think the same thing, too. I think he was fantastic at doing what he was doing. But somebody wanted to, you know, just, you know, okay. And not that I don't appreciate the, uh, not that I don't appreciate the, the uh, grit. And everything. I mean, he he represents a lot of things that are Pittsburgh, but it, it's been Bruce Arians' offense since for the last ten years, and Bruce Arians ain't been there. Mm-hmm. And, and how many you know offensive coordinators that got run out of town for that? I, I I'm really glad you brought that up, oh, Mario. I'm really glad you brought that up because I always thought he was a lot better than what people gave him credit for. Him and uh, him and I put both of those guys. Him, uh, I know we talked about O'Brien. We talked about uh, Haley. Ken Wisenhunt's another guy. He hasn't been in the league for a couple of years. I mean, yeah. these guys. Okay, they may have flamed out as head guys. Didn't know how to delegate. <laughs> didn't know how to down. do this. That. <laughs> but as coordinators, these guys have enjoyed success in the NFL. And you got to we got to remember too. So the NFL is like a fraternity. Like if you're a coach in the NFL at one point, they'll bring you back unless you do something egregious. So I don't know why some of these guys that and I put in the chat for Ray. I was just joking around. Was one of the most successful uh, seasons that one of the most successful seasons that Matt Stafford enjoyed in Detroit was when he had Jim Bob Cooter calling the shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's another guy that was just like, listen, I may not get this chance again. I'm going to go for broke, calling plays that are crazy. And when you're calling it with Stafford and Megatron, how could you miss? But, I mean, th- th- there's names that are out there of guys that can come up and, and do the job and be very successful with some of these young quarterbacks. <laughs> You just like the name, right? I just hear I you do. laugh. I do. I still giggle when people say things like dictation. Yeah. <laughs> dictation. I, there's listen. There's nobody more immature, immature. in the world than me. Yes. It, it's okay. You pronounce it. Billy O'Brien's added. Uh, I think Billy O'Brien's added the word resiliency to his dictionary. Like he's had to write it a hundred times on the chalkboard since he's been down there in Alabama, because that's a Nick Saban thing. Yeah, I, I hate when people say that word. Yeah. Anyway, hey, at, I least, at least if Bill O'Brien comes back to New England, Mac Jones can teach him the playbook again. Okay, that's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> that, that, well, there you go, because he wasn't there. You know, Bill yeah. O'Brien got the best out of the Gronk Hernandez duo. No, that that was Josh McDaniels. No, it wasn't. No, it was. No, it wasn't. According according to you, it was, even though he wasn't there. 
No, it's not according to me. I've always said nope. Bill O'Brien got the best of them. You're just nope. talking shit now. Yeah, I am. You're trying to back me into a corner, but you're just spewing lies. You're not hitting me with facts. <laughs> you're just dropping lies on Ray, the Ray, Ray has have the officially receipts. backdated Josh McDaniels. I have the responsible receipts. For that I have the receipts there. if you'd like the receipts on it. Just because, just because I backed you into oh. a corner yesterday where you had to come out and put blame on Bill Belichick that you didn't want to, doesn't mean uh, you can drop. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> You have a great night. You're welcome. Love you too. Appreciate you too, buddy. DoorDash, <laughs> what's up, buddy? How you doing? Right, you got his Cool Ranch uh, hot Doritos. Yes. Lawrence, did they name a DC yet? No. Never <laughs> okay. You see any no. guys within the building that they could promote, or you think they're going to go outside? <laughs> Matt Eberflus took them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the worry though that you see yeah. with some of these guys that go out you know go uh other places is that they take the staff with them we we always talked about i'll just give you a buffalo example right uh the babbages uh it's a father-son duo that coaches linebackers and secondary so if frazier were to go somewhere you think naturally he's going to take those guys and the one thing that has been successful for the buffalo bills is that they've been able to retain an incumbent staff not in, in like 21 or 22 starters, 25 of like the, the, the 20, top 27 skill players from last year to this year. And that continuity, I think, at times helped them throughout the year. But if, the, if that goes, like, first of all, you already saw the first domino with Dable go. You saw the, um, the, the assistant GM, Joe Shen, who went to the Giants as, as the GM now. He's saying, I already know who the first four rounds of the Bills are, are, are targeting now. So he's spilling it down in Houston. Brian Gaines down there. He was in Buffalo. Dan Morgan is now in Carolina. So all of the secrets of the Buffalo Bills draft are now exposed for everyone to see. And it's, 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 that's, that's the really tough part. When you see these guys leave and go other places, that is what happens with it. And that's the game within a game. And you're going to see some crazy stuff happen at this draft this year. That's going to be, it's going to turn some heads, I believe. You, do you guys want to talk hey about guys, a game? guys, have a great <laughs> night. I'm going to go eat dinner with my wife. I'll try to make it back on later. Have a Take great it easy, buddy. Take it easy, Rosie. Thanks can for I? the last. Right. And can Mario, I? fire special teams coordinator, okay? That should have been a script kick. 100%. Got you. I'm going to have to leave Bye, here in just a second, and yeah, I was buddy. wondering if, just real quick, if I could drop one of those lost or Domus things on you real quick. Because I honestly, I think I know who the new New Orleans Saints head coach will be. Oh, what? you can't do that now. Mercury's in lemonade or whatever it's called. Can't do that. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Now. Go ahead. <laughs> this Joe is either going to be a joke or he's serious. Seriously, so Joe Lombardi. Joe? Really? Joe Lombardi. Yep. He's got links to him. He was the quarterback's coach back then. He's been solid as an All offensive right. coordinator with the freaking Chargers, yeah. with the Rams. I think he would be a phenomenal hire over there in New Orleans. That makes sense. That makes sense. It really does. Speaking of Lombardi, if I could talk about that as well, there's also rumors that if Mick, uh, Mickey D does go, that uh, they could bump Mike Lombardi up, who's the current, I want to say, in fact, I don't know what he does. with Something about the offense uh, for I the see. Patriots. Bump Let him up to OC. Real quick. Now, I do want to talk about the game within the game because this is a pretty historical moment at this point right now. I think I have to point it out. Um, cause it's on Twitter. It's, it's breaking. It's live. Hashtag sports is currently on a live stream at this moment. <laughs> they are live on Bless YouTube. It. 
Marco, you are a bad man. And, <laughs> and the face of hashtag sports. Oh, <laughs> is, oh, oh Tredavious White, what's up, buddy? We have Tredavious White on the show. What's going on? Um, I don't know. I won't tell Paul. I promise. I won't tell Apex either. My favorite guy to troll. Just because he's too nice of a guy. But uh, if you guys uh, if you guys are bored with us, you can go check out Hashtag Sports. They're live right now, too, with uh, Apex, also known as Mike, and uh, Tommy. Tommy, the Mafia Sports Report. Yeah. So thank you for joining Dear Pats Nation. We really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I also got, a, I got big news, too, guys. I got big news. Twitter accepted my appeal. I am no longer suspended. So, all right, you were suspended. I've been suspended twice in the last twenty-four hours, and I've won both you my. Threatened Connor? No, uh, Jeff Garcia. No. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> really? I didn't threaten. Him. Really? <laughs> I didn't threaten him. Threaten the ginger that ninja. Whole, that whole <laughs> Jeff Gar- That whole Jeff Garcia thing came out today. I don't want to get into the debate. And I just I just thought the whole thing was ridiculous when it was going on. So I first tweeted out, the one I tweeted that got me suspended is gone. I tweeted out, Jeff Garcia is an irrelevant CFL quarterback with a cup of coffee with 72 NFL teams and played a year of arena football. I didn't even realize he had social media or that he was alive or that he even played football at all. So when he's yelling at the clouds like it's 1961, fuck him. Right? That's all I wrote. And then somebody I've came. I've seen that tweet. Yeah. So that one didn't get me in trouble. But someone replied to it. And the, the got into the whole sexist thing, and it's not sexist. And I'm like, I didn't say it was sexist. This is where it all started. I then oh. turned around, right? So I said, I didn't say it was sexist. I just said, Jeff Garcia is irrelevant to me, right? And then he said something else, and I said, I hope, I hope Jeff Garcia tears an ACL. And then, boom, all of a sudden, right away, I got a pop-up on my screen that I'm suspended for 15 hours for wishing harm on somebody. So I appealed it and apologized mm, uh, and thanked okay, them for well, my yeah. guidance. And I'm like, that's a little soft. I said, it's not like I wish death. Clearly, you can't take what I say on social media serious. And I'll, I'll tell you something. So I was on the personal, then I was on the business account, which, Mikey, I've pissed off a lot of people. But okay. just so you know. I saw. No. Oh, he, boy. He was, he was I didn't know tomatoes how, up uh, off the damn ground was what he was doing. I got my invite from that account. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I was just fucking around, having some fun. And uh, no, that's not how these people when you, you they're no. gonna do that. I mean, you know, I mean, and I hate to say it like this, but I mean, you know, a, a law dog, uh, you know, it posts, I don't, I don't see how any of this is sexist. Yeah, it was kind of stupid, but I mean, I hate the argument, I think it's an ignorant just argument, run with it, and all oh, this is sexist, and yeah. everybody on ESPN is like, this guy's a misogynist, and he's all this, and, and I'm like. Well, you know, he was kind of dumb with his comments, but like, okay, let's kind of back it up a little bit here. Like, I mean, can we get real? I mean, but that's how they roll with this kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my my whole point was Jeff Garcia was trending on my Twitter timeline. I really didn't give a shit what Jeff Garcia had to say. Oh. And I made it clear that he's irrelevant to me. Um, 
I didn't even know what the problem was until I saw Lawrence's tweet on my personal or on our business account. And then I realized that people were calling it sexist. I just kept seeing fuck Jeff Garcia. I didn't even, all I knew, I saw his thing to Mina, uh, to Mina. Like I saw his little rant and I didn't get mad at the point where I'm like, oh, this is sexist. Is I hate that fucking argument. Well, you've never played in the NFL. You shouldn't have a platform to talk about the NFL. As if if I don't understand the, you know, if we didn't play in the NFL, we don't understand the game of football. College player. Mario, college player. You know what I mean? Like, I was a college player. Call another college player. Like, we, Lawrence was a player. We played football. We played the game of football. I don't have to play in the NFL to understand the game of football. No, I don't know what it's like to play in front of, hundred thousand people no i don't however i understand a locker room oh mike is here what's going on buddy thanks for popping in <laughs> um we get a lot of nfl players that just why pop couldn't in you make that hello. tackle so anyways i agree with you people people ran with that shit and i i was agreed with you i i i agree with you i wasn't ready to prepare to make the big statement that everybody else was making i just hate that fucking argument that guys that when when anybody when when nfl guys throw that out well you never played in the nfl you don't understand football you get the fuck out of here i don't understand football you know what i mean like people like oh you can't talk about a locker room because i was talking i got tweeted last night because we were talking about the patriots locker room and i was saying i'd never seen a football locker room like that before you can't talk about a locker room dude i spent time in locker rooms i football locker rooms are the exact same in high school college nfl like a locker room is a locker room you know what I mean? And the little clicks. Yeah. Not clicks. I found out clicks is a Canadian thing. The little clicks that are in locker rooms and the guys who hang with people. Like a locker room is a locker room. And I was talking about the difference. So you've never been in an NFL locker room. I'm like, I don't need to be. I know what a football room looks like. You know what I mean? Awesome. I don't need. I can't talk about a specific but, room of what's happening at that very moment. But I've been at different levels of football and the locker room has been exactly the same everywhere I've gone. You know what I mean? Like it, there, I do have some knowledge of what a football locker room and being a part of a football team. I have some knowledge of what happens in a locker room during the game. It's like Pat McAfee. He talks about it all the time. He was only in the Colts room. Why does he talk about other locker rooms? Because he's been in enough rooms that he understands what it's like. Yeah. The thing about that, I think sports of, too. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, and, and that's the thing about it too. You know, when, when you, I think that's what, you know, Garcia was trying to get across. I don't agree with it. Uh, Mina Kimes, I, I personally think Mina Kimes is freaking brilliant. You know, um, yeah. is, is she going to understand the game from a hands-on perspective? Maybe not, but at the same time, she's a, got a really good head for the game. I mean, her takes are really good. She's very, very, very intelligent. She's brilliant. And, uh, you know, she's very well-spoken. I mean, she went to yell for crying out loud. She's extremely intelligent. And I think if she had the opportunity to play football, she probably would have. You know what I mean? I think she's got the mindset to, to, you know, and and so I, I mean, I understand what the guy's actually talking about and and everything like that. But that to me was just like, yeah, I think it ran away too far. It, It hit a train on both sides. And and I saw a couple of comments. I think it was one in Lawrence's comment who was she was like, I'm a female. 
and you know what i mean i'm a female and if we want to be treated the same yeah you're right because people call out skip Bay- and i think lauren said it too people call it skip bayless mm-hmm. and and nick Wright the exact same way you know what i mean um and jeff garcia if you go through his social media he's he's a fucking idiot anyways when you when you look what he writes you know what i mean so it's not like this was off for jeff garcia you know what right, i mean like okay, all right this yeah. was this was in line so and I mean, in, in the, the takes that he has. So just because it was directed at Mina Kimes doesn't mean it came from a misogynistic world. Um, I went through his social media. I deep dived it because I didn't want to give any after I did my thing. I didn't want to give any opinion tonight without doing a deep dive on the social media. He puts out a lot of stupidity. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's not directed towards women. It's not directed towards men. It's directed towards everybody. Um, I, you know, that's my thing. My shtick on this show is calling out the media on a regular basis. Does that mean I can't call out a female in the media because I'd be misogynistic? Because I'd be consistent with how I... I mean, Michael DeVito, I'm surprised he hasn't sued me the amount that I talk about him on here. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Because he's the dumbest writer. He's the dumbest person I've ever met in the world. I don't understand why fan-sided allows him to write. It's why I've come out and said I will not read fan-sided because... They he writes for them, and I have not touched fan sided since because he's an idiot, and and I I can't respect the publication that hires him. Um, I'm sure they don't care. They follow me on Twitter, but I'm sure they don't care. Um, yeah, I call it everybody the, consistently, so I don't think I don't want to be. I don't want to be silent saying I can't call out Mina Kimes if I don't agree with her or call out Aaron Andrews mm-hmm. or call out somebody. You, you can't go. be silenced like that. That's My whole point was I don't give a shit what Jeff Garcia has to say. That's <laughs> right. me. You know what I mean? yeah. That's my that's, whole point. That's the thing nowadays, though. The problem is, is if you say something and somebody doesn't agree with you, you can't have a conversation anymore. Now, if you say something they don't agree with you, they they tell you you're wrong and start calling you names and categorize you categorize i mean whether you're racist or you're ray and i had this discussion last night that was completely added in and contrived and and added in there as oh well i don't agree with what you said even though it was idiotic what he said Mm -hmm. uh but okay let's just add this uh whole misogynist sexist thing in there you know what i'm gonna say this right now and then sorry marlon i'll let you go yeah he could have wrote that to michael devito Okay, mm-hmm. and I say this, and people who have watched me for a long time know the professional hate. I don't know him as a person, so I don't hate him as a person. But the professional I hate I have for Michael DeVito, the guy who had the balls to say Robert Kraft needs to sell the team. If he called out <laughs> Michael DeVito and said, you never played the game, you, I would have defended Michael DeVito because I hate that argument from the NFL guys who pretend like we know nothing about the game because I didn't wear an NFL jersey. You know what I mean? So I would have defended him the exact same way. So this had nothing to do with Mina Kimes. I hated his fucking argument. That's what got to me. Go ahead, Mario. Wait, go ahead, Lawrence. You got something? I just wanted to uh, make a make a point and a little flex, but because you like doing flexes hardcore, right? Flex uh, up. Is it the McAfee <laughs> flex? No. no, no, it's not the McAfee flex. Why would I do that? Um, no, I said to Quell Jackson when we well, were sitting there talking, you know, I was hanging out with my boy, my boy, the Quell. <laughs> no, uh, he, he sits here and he talks, he, he tells me all the time, you know, you never, you know, you never played at an NFL level, but you have good knowledge because you pay attention and you follow. 
You know, you you did you did play a little bit mm-hmm. of the sport, you know, at, at a lower level, but the fact you don't know what it's like to be in an NFL locker room and stuff like that. So you talk to people and find out that way. Yeah. And that is how a professional goes about it. And he says, I have respect for people like that, you know, because at least they're they're asking first. Don't just run out immediately and just say, you know, you're trash because you never played. You know, yeah. th- that's the difference between a Jeff Garcia and a DeQuell Jackson, right? No, and I agree. With you. Somebody once said to me, what's the difference between high school ball to college ball and college ball to the NFL? And I said, I've never been in the NFL. I can't tell you, but I can Beam. tell you right now. One of the biggest differences is facilities, right? Call it high school to college facilities and, and, and access you have. However, at the end of the day, football is football. Just the guys are better as the levels go up. The guys yeah. are smarter. Guys Long are faster. Yep. Scheming is a little bit different. Your focus, mm-hmm. your focus on football in high school is not the same focus in college. You're even more focused on football. When you get to the NFL, all you're focused on is football. But at the end of the day, when you get on the field, it's football. We all play it the same way. Just those different levels play it better. Now, Mario, for the fourth time, I'll give it to you. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I was gonna say two things. I was gonna make two points. One, it's a phrase that I've heard many times, and it, it works when you're on Twitter. It'll help you know help you guys out. Is one, it's very hard to win an argument with a smart person. It, but it is damn near impossible to win one with a stupid one. Yeah. And that's why I think the situation is male versus female. I, you know, I really I don't care. My perspective is this is, is is more of like raising the fact that I played the game at court at the quarterback position from when I was 10 until I was done playing at like 35. Because I played a little semi-pro after college. I use that as a bonus in talking about the game and in talking about X's and O's and talking about certain things that I think a quarterback may see. It's not you know, you're you're playing in college and it's eight on eight, and then you're in the pros, it's eleven on eleven, it's a different game. It's still the same game. You still have to make your read. Make your throw, diagnose the defense, and stuff like that. The fact that I was actually in that position to do it, I don't say, well, you don't know as much as the, about that as I do. I use that as a bonus to say, listen, when I played the game, here's what I saw. And I'm wondering if the quarterback's seeing the same thing. I never say that just because you've never laced them up doesn't mean you know anything about the game. I mean, I think that's that's idiotic to do that. I think that's just it's a cop-out for a lot of these guys because they don't want to argue the point. But I mean, even as Ray said, he went through Garcia. Garcia has been tweeting crazy stuff like that for a long time now. Yeah. But if you're going into an argument where you're saying, well, you didn't play at this level. You don't know what you're talking about. The conversation is done for me because you're not going to learn anything I'm going to tell you. Nope. You know, you're going to talk about me. Yeah. I come up and I see too high. I know where I want to throw it and they start to rotate. I've seen that live action, but it doesn't mean that because you didn't play the quarterback position, you don't know that that happens too. It just, you know, that, that, that argument doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. And especially again, either you play different levels or you play different positions or, you know, those different things. We had this conversation once because a question came up and I don't know if it was on Patreon or a chat question, but it said, what do you watch when you're watching the game? Like, what do you focus on? That was the question to me. And I said, being an old lineman, I actually focus on the front seven of the defense, no matter who's on offense and who's on defense. Like when I watch the game, like when the Patriots are on defense, my eyes are actually locked on Matthew Judon to see what he's going to do. Is he going to drop out or is he going to go at the go up to the quarterback? But I watched the front seven. I was an interior offensive lineman, which meant if I was playing a three-four, I didn't have a guy lined up over me. So I start looking at the linebackers. I got to figure out who's coming, who am I blocking? Am I double teaming, or do I have to pick up a you know a, a late rush? Are they bringing four? So 
that just to me, I get there and I start watching that. I'm sure as a quarterback, you're probably looking at the secondary. You're looking I at have coverage. Not seen, I have not seen one offensive play unless it was a replay during the game <laughs> this year, right? I've you're, always because, watched the defense because I'm like, okay, he put McKenzie in motion. He went with him. It's man. Okay, this guy might be open on this route. or this. I'm always watching the defense as much as they'll give me on the game feed. Like I told you before, if I could have an option on my television to watch from the end zone, I would only yeah. watch the end zone cam the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I think what, what what comes up in call in, in the pro levels, which like I didn't realize that Tom Brady and Mac Jones and, and certain quarterbacks call out the coverage, like or call out the blocking. I mean, when I like I know they yeah, call yeah. out the mics and stuff. When I played, our center called the called the scheme called the blocking yep. scheme out. You know what I yeah. mean? So if we had to audible at the line, the center was the one who communicated with us. And as an interior guy, it was my job, especially if we were we were bringing the tight end to block instead of a route was to get the message of the tight end to make sure he heard the audible that we know where everybody's blocking. So that was, you learn those little things like, okay, now you got to listen to the quarterback. Cause they're the one like, that's just to me a different level of yeah. smart when you're talking about a quarterback, Wait, but that's I really agree. interesting. That's we the all, progression though. You have the center call it for like yeah. a lot of these young guys. And then when you start to get up, progress to that level, He's identifying the mic and the four down linemen in the mic are the five who typically who the five linemen have to take. Yep. So when he's calling 54, 54, that's what he's calling. He's okay. Yep. This is where we're going. If you got to shift, you got to go 60 or 70 protection, slide left or slide, and all that other stuff. You know, you know, all that, right? Right. And, is, and when I played, all it, was, it was the guard that would come in and he would yeah. talk, with, he would talk with center uh, and they would rotate the guards in and out. Um, and the guard would come in with, with, oh. with the play call. And he would talk to the center. Center would give the play to the quarterback, and then the rest of everybody else would fall in line. And very interesting. Now, mm -hmm. here's my thing, just to wrap up this Jeff Garcia conversation. And we only have three minutes left <laughs> on the live stream, anyways. But it goes back to it. But just to wrap this up, because I don't want to spend too much time on it. Oh man, I'm sorry. Here's... I gotta go. All I'm right, sorry. Lois. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Yeah, All right, pal. Take oh. it easy. He's in trouble. <laughs> He's okay. in trouble. Um, here's the thing, though, about the guard. This is the only thing I noticed about Garcia. And 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 this is about him going after Mina Kimes and has nothing to do with her being a woman. One thing I have noticed about him, though, when I've looked through his stupid rants, he never swings up or swings laterally. He always swings down. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he never goes mm. after the big boys who could crush him, right? Like, he... I, I read something on, on um, Deadspin today, which I'm not a fan of their publication, but it, it made me laugh when I read it. Just the way they said it, they said, you know, he was the guy who was getting picked on in school, and instead of standing up to the bully, he turned around and picked on the smaller kid and took all his, you know, rage and frustration out on him, right? Like, it wasn't the – that's the comparison they made. And I thought, yeah, because here was my thing. He went after Mina Kimes today, and Mina Kimes' take – was the San Francisco 49ers are winning sort of despite Jimmy Garoppolo. Or they didn't say despite, but he's not the reason they're winning. They're winning because of great play calling. They're winning because of defense. I mean, they're winning games 13 to 10. So it's not like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo's the reason. Mina uh, wasn't. not. No. <laughs> and Mina has not been the only person this week to have that take. You yeah. know what I mean? Like every single talking head. You, Good Morning Football, <laughs> Stephen A., Jeff Saturday. You know what I yeah. mean? They've all had this take. 
he chose to go after a non-player. Yeah. You know what I mean? He chose to go after not a Stephen A. He chose not to go after somebody who could crush him. He went after Mina thinking there'd be no retribution. I don't like that they turned it into a sexist thing. I just think, why don't you tell Jeff Saturday he doesn't know what he's talking about because he never played the position. Why? Again. Because you're afraid that Jeff Saturday is going to grab you by the throat next time he sees you and put you through the wall. You know what I mean? Why not go after Stephen A? Because Stephen A never played, but he's got the clout to crush you if you go after him personally, right? So you swung down. And I used to fight with a guy named Doug Kide, who's a blue check mark. And yada yada, and him and I would go at it yep. all the time, and I always <laughs> felt like I was swinging up. And then we had Ben Kitchen from WEEI on this show, and I was going off about Doug Kite about something, and I finished, and he just looked at me and he said, "Ray, swing up." I said, "I am." He said, "No, you're not." He said, "Don't look at his little blue check mark. <laughs> Don't look that he works for PFF." He said, "Trust me, swing up because you're swinging down right now." Mm -hmm. And I so I've stopped my beef with Doug Kite because of that, right? That's the thing. Jeff Garcia will go. What I've noticed with all his tweets, because he's done it to men too. It's not just a Mina thing. He goes out. He swings down all the time. He will not go after the big boys. Like I said, I if I call Mina Kimes, it's no different than what I do on a daily basis. As soon as I see a media member that I think is an idiot, I call them out. That's my stick. It's what I do. It's me versus the media. It's why I will never work for a real publication. I got to work for DeanBlundell.com, who hates mainstream media because that's the only person who'll touch me the 10 foot pole. I can only work for Newsbreak because they're not mainstream media. You know what I mean? And, and they're the only ones who touch the 10 foot pole. I was speaking with a New England based radio TV station who also has a website about writing. They did a little further digging on me and saw all the things that I've said about some of their media personnel and about their website and pulled the deal. Right. Um, I've realized I've made that bet and I will stay consistent. However, if I come out here tomorrow and call out Mina Kimes, <coughs> I better not be accused of being sexist or misogynistic or, or chauvinistic. Cause I got a trillion receipts of me calling out every man, skip shannon and it's not because i'm a nobody and i am a nobody i get that you know what i mean but it's because i've consistently called them out if jeff is so vocal i just wish he'd swing up every once in a while take a swing up verbally at one of the former players in the league that you don't agree with you know swing up at them every once in a while show your guts and i'm not saying a man or woman thing but he swings down a lot that's my only beef with the four-time uh cfl all-star yeah, that's why. That's why. Great Cup MVP, by the way. Just I gotta throw that out there. Eighty-six Great right. Cup MVP. Yeah, that's eighty-six. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> that's why I, I have more respect for Kurt. Maybe way I'm wrong. He was ninety-six. Go I ahead. Sorry. Way, I have way more respect for someone like Kurt Warner than I do Jeff Garcia. You know, it's like uh, when when he did that uh, film room on Carson Wentz and someone tried to point it out to me and I said, I ain't watched it because I've already seen the film a million times. I haven't. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to watch, you know, uh, Kurt Warner's breakdown. And then Kurt's like, Hey, you know, wouldn't he replied and said, Hey, I wouldn't mind going and looking at it just to see a different person's point of view, you know, yep. see, see something differently. He could have utterly destroyed me because it's freaking Kurt Warner, yep. but instead he was respectful about it. Yep. And, and because of that, I went off and I watched this, you know, video. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the difference between a Kurt Warner and a Jeff Garcia. So, Lawrence, and, and you're not saying the whole story. You didn't just go watch his breakdown. You watched the America's Game of the Rams 
and then you also watched the greatest show on turf <laughs> and then you checked out a few of his documentaries <laughs> and you watched american underdog so i mean i saw those live but, the- <laughs> <I don't- laughs> but you know, i'm old okay but I completely, <laughs> okay i completely yeah, agree with show. you though i think everybody here <laughs> saw the greatest show on turf yeah i mean Yes, uh, that's great. Maybe, though, maybe not McChicken. Awesome. McChicken, what year were you born? Oh four. Oh four. Yeah. No. So he missed the greatest yeah, show on he, turf. He didn't see that. He, he missed the greatest show on. But turf. outside, of, but everybody else did. now. No, but I agree. I look, dude. I agree with you hundred percent. Every, you know, why I love Evan Lazar. Uh, he's a, a a media, and he's probably a quote unquote smaller media guy for the Patriots. But I think away from being the most balanced and level headed, when he says something I don't agree with. And y'all know, I don't come across things politely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not this polite hello on Twitter. No, what? No. But And I challenge him. That dude will come back at me with facts. We will have a conversation <clears throat> back and forth. He doesn't fucking quote tweet me and try to get all his followers to come call me an asshole and, and you know, and troll me until I mute the conversation. This dude literally is fucking <laughs> respectful. What is going on in this chat right now? What are y'all fucking laughing at? <laughs> what did I miss? I got my double screens, so there's like about seven inches of room. And it's it's dark in here. And yeah. I just see this slide across my mouse. Is your kid in the room? <laughs> she comes in and goes, juice. <laughs> 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 Thou hast been summoned, Mario. So, guys, that's it for Mario. It's been an awesome night. I got to go get some juice. Chop, chop. Go check out Mario. Hashtag sports. Follow him on Twitter at hashtag 2.0. I know Lawrence at any moment is going to have to run as well. That is Lawrence Owen from Colts Law, the Colts Law podcast, and the Believe in Colts podcast featuring DeQuell Jackson. He just fucking drops it and... And uh, if actually, if you join Lawrence's Patreon, uh, you get all the behind the scenes private conversations between him and DeQuell. So you get a little bit more. And Joe, we never push your stuff. We should push your stuff too. What is your YouTube channel called? Me? Yeah. I have one, but it's not. I, I haven't been. I haven't been using it lately. Okay. So when he gets I've back, just been to here it, we'll as a supporter. Uh, you know, just you know, getting out there, getting to meet people and, and things of that nature. I might, you know, get one going here. In the very near, near future, Go follow him on Twitter. Future, but... Yeah, you can follow all these guys on Twitter. Um, at, at, yeah, JTT45. You can JTT45. You know, check me out on Twitter. We'll, we'll get it going at some point, but um, follow Joe JTT45. Follow Mike at MN underscore off topic. You can follow McChicken at McChicken Vlogs. And Matt, you have numbers after yours. So I'm going to say at Matt, and I can't remember your numbers. At Matt is a 2366. Not even close. At Matt, 2366. You can follow all those guys. And of course, Lawrence on at Coltslaw underscore law. Uh, that is the end of the live stream, boys. So if you just give me a moment to wrap it up with the folks, uh, I'll bring you all on when it's uh, all done and over with. Thank you so much for being here tonight on the Patreon hangout i better get the uh nice chill goodbye music usually i started before i go appreciate y'all coming on tonight thank you friday night had a uh, hundred concurrent viewers at one point appreciate that 
I'm sure it has everything to do with the title. I'm sure this will be a topic of conversation coming up. Maybe the rumors are false. Maybe the rumors are true. I don't know. But we heard today, 15 minutes before the show started, that Tom Brady will be announcing his retirement. So we'll have to see. But 100 people on a Friday night. I know even here, we're not even locked down anymore. Restaurants are open. Movie theaters are open. And you decided to spend it with us. And I appreciate it. You know who else I appreciate? I appreciate the Patreon crew that was here tonight chilling out. Patreon.com slash DPN Sports. It's five bucks a month. It's not a lot. When Connor and I started it back in the day, we said we weren't going to try to make it. We didn't want to make a fortune off of it. We needed a little bit of a supplemental income to help us as we were making the transition. We made it as cheap as possible. No tears, no nothing. Um, The perks change all the time. Sometimes you get exclusive stuff. What I can always guarantee is guaranteed access to me. You're guaranteed that your comments and questions will be answered on every podcast. And I guarantee that you can hang out with us on Friday night. So I appreciate everybody who is here. I appreciate all my Patreon subscribers. And I appreciate the guys that I never hear from, that I never see, that just fucking watch. Appreciate y'all. Uh, guys, this episode of Dear Pats Nation was brought to you by Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check Ultra Game. Go check out Ultra Game, one of the largest supplier of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your time or your money with those knockoff brands. Go get geared up with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. And we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work that I'm doing over there. And what else is happening? on the Dean Blundell Network. Over 100 podcasts and content creators. Go check it out, deanblundell.com. And guys, make sure you go check out my website, uh, rayroute.com. It's that place where you can find all my latest blogs, latest podcast episodes, videos. Very soon, the videos are going to be on there. Won't be available on YouTube. They'll only be available on Patreon and the website. Want to make some little bit exclusive stuff. Uh, we got links to our merch over there. We're going to be putting Lawrence's merch on. We're going to be putting hashtags merch on. Want to try to amplify up. Uh, we are looking for writers right now. If anybody is interested in, in blogging on the website, shoot me a message. Let me know. We'll get you on there. Mikey N is uh, put together a Discord for us. So you can join the Discord. He tweets out the links all the time. He puts it in the chat on the live stream. You can find it there. Join the Discord. We're going to get Twitch set up. All those updates will be coming on the website, so you can go check that out at rayroute.com. Don't forget to smash that like button, right? Smash. Boom, boom, boom. Smash it. Every time you hit that like button, it tells YouTube that other people want to watch me, so I appreciate you. If you're new here, hey, I've been losing subscribers. Every day I lose a subscriber. I lost four yesterday, so help me out. Hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed. Appreciate all y'all tuning in here tonight. And uh, never, ever, ever forget, you're all legit, kid.